What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the unofficial WWE podcast. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021, and I tweeted it on the Twitter. I said I had a surprise. Surprise them, Ashley. Hello, hello. Surprise. I hope it. I hope it's not like one of those Christian surprises, you know? I hope it, it lives up to the hype. Ooh, wow. Well, speaking of surprises... <laughs> I said I was going to ask you right away before we get into anything. You were there live, not last week, but the week before on Rampage in Chicago. The floor is yours. What was it like? Oh, my gosh, Mimi. Like, I briefly spoke with Matt, but it was kind of life-changing in a way. And, the, and I may sound dramatic. No, no, I, I get me. that. I teared up, and I had goosebumps the entire time. Yeah, it was just, and I wasn't, re- like, of course I was excited, right? And, like, the anticipation and everything like that. And before, like, he actually came out, excuse me, right before the show, they, I believe it was, like, right around, they had, like, a 10-minute timer, I think it was. And a little after, I think it was, like, four minutes and, like, 50-some seconds or something, Tony Khan had came out on the stage. 
And he was just, of course, thanking everyone for showing up and how excited he was to be in Chicago and how it was his dream to sell out the arena and all that good stuff. And he started getting emotional. He was like, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really good night. Pretty much something to that effect. And he was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, thank you. This is pretty much like a, a thank you type of thing um, from him. Mm-hmm. And then so that was just like with him saying that it was like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, it's, it's actually happening. And we had like right after he finished that, we had like maybe around a minute left. So they they just the whole setup was so well done, like the timer that they had. And then right when, it, of course, it, it, it got down to zero they had a red and the white lights just flashing back and forth for however many seconds. And then of course the music just breaks and then just everyone loses, (laughs) legit loses their mind. And at that moment, like it was like at that second, like the second the music started, it was just that feeling like I've just like, I don't think that'll ever be replicated. And again, like it it may sound dramatic, but it was just like, it was legit life changing because it's just, you feel like you just went on this journey with this guy, right? And, like, you, he obviously doesn't know you. You truly don't know him as a person, but you, you, you have this idea of him and what he represents and everything like that. And just seeing him back and just not even knowing for sure, of course, if it was going to happen and the fact that he's back to begin with because we never thought, you know, if, if AEW wasn't a thing, maybe he, he never would come back, right? Because who knows if he would ever truly mend the fences with, with WWE, Especially with how things are changing now, like I just I don't see him, and then he even mentioned it as well. Like it would be very limited with the the opponents that he could go up to. That would be like truly like dream type matches. Where in AEW, it's pretty much almost limitless, which is crazy to say. But it was just it was just so well done. It was so perfect. Him coming out, the speech, just the time that they gave him, and right after he finished talking, like legit. Everyone got up out of their seats and ran right to the merch stand, which kind of sucks for everyone else um, on the remaining card. But, man, I was one of those people as well because I realized, like, once I, once I realized what everyone was doing, I was like, oh, I have to get that shirt. And we were literally in line for the rest of the show. <laughs> we had to watch the show in the line on the monitors in the hallway. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And, and the I was here thing. And this, I, we were just talking about it before. The site crashed, all of that. And I have to say, the rest of the show, I, I think they 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 did a very good job at, at booking who was going to be on next, putting Jungle Boy out next. I, he still got a, you know, a good enough pop. The match was incredible. I almost felt like they could have saved some of those spots, but I'm never someone who says reel it in. I say throw it all out there always, you know, and... um. And, and, yeah, they obviously had to shorten that main event a lot, I think. And the Jade Cargill squash, like, that didn't need to go more than a couple seconds, really. So I thought they timed the show out really well. Well, I, we got a lot to get into, but I do want to ask your quick thoughts, too. First of, first and foremost, did you meet the man who cried? No, I did not. Oh, okay, well, I'm just... I, I may have passed him, but no, I, I didn't. But but good for him, you know? Like, yeah, it's pa- just, I was like, what... hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, and it was crazy because, like, I didn't realize, like, I personally didn't see... And maybe I was just late to the party, but I didn't really see as much negative feedback as he was getting. I just legit saw, like, all the outpouring of love for him. But if anyone was really, like, actively, like, like bashing this guy, which I'm, I'm sure obviously there was if, if it got that response, like, shame on you, man. Like, it's just you don't get – you've never cried at a movie or a song or, like, anything like that. It's just – or at a rock show. It's just – I don't know, it's just kind of, it, it tickles me that some people just, or they watch and be like, oh, well, if and that's what kind of gets me to it really quick. Like, if you're a fan – and you're watching it, and, and you're like, oh, I don't know how you can get that emotional, then why are you even watching it? You know, why are you devoting all this time into it? So, yeah. I don't know. 
it's just it's just kind of funny to me. No, absolutely. I think I I assume, and I didn't see it either. I'm I'm still, as you know, I'm still new to the tweeter, so I'm doing my best. But um, but <laughs> I uh, I assume well. it kind of is kind of like that Eddie Guerrero thing. I don't know if you saw that, but like one person might have tweeted that he was like a B plus player or something, oh, and then the yeah, entire yeah. internet comes okay. out and like you know claws out and everything. So it's like. It, I, I have a feeling there was probably more support than than not, and Tommy Dreamer offered to like take the guy some I don't know, just some crazy stuff. And and I said, uh, <laughs> last show I did with Michael Gross, like I explained to Michael Gross what uh, BDE was, and you know what? That man has BDE. That is some like secure masculinity. Yeah, cry for CM Punk. Um, yes. I I tried to explain to my, my best friend who does not watch professional wrestling. Uh, every now and then, she watched some of the Royal Rumble with me. Like she'll come and 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 see some of the stuff, but not you know she doesn't know what's going on. Uh, but I tried to explain it to her, and the best thing that I could come up with is she's got a really religious mom, and I told her, okay, uh, imagine how your mom would feel if Jesus actually came back. That's kind yeah. of what the vibe was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, it sounds super <clears throat> dramatic, but like. He is like a, 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 a the the we're a Chicago savior. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just uh, elicits an emotion that I haven't I haven't been able to feel for professional wrestling in a really long time. I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle live, and I've been to a couple shows. I think I just always maybe missed it. And was this like, your first time seeing him live? Like in person? Like you mean in person, or you haven't seen him like on TV? Wrestling? Oh, I've seen him on TV, of course. But yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been to an in, like in person oh, yeah, to a yeah, show yeah. and seen him. You no, know, and you know it's it's crazy. Like nothing stands out. I think I know I went to a SmackDown where he was feuding with Jeff, but I don't think they actually wrestled. I think Jeff came out and he just interrupted him, but it wasn't like anything like any wrestling. It was like I think. I'm trying to remember if he was the champion at that point, you know, because I don't think Jeff was, but I think it was around that time. Now I'm going to go back and see if I can find that show and, and rewatch it, but I know I definitely didn't see him wrestle. Yeah, it was World Heavyweight Championship, if I remember correctly, but I could be yeah. wrong. Yes, that was a great yeah. feud. And we were just oh, talking absolutely. about that too, actually, my Gross and I, um, because I chose as one of my top gimmicks the uh, Straight Edge Society. Because so underrated. Just the potential there is just. Anyways, oh, yeah. again, we got. So my next question for you, though, Rampage as a whole. Obviously, you were there live the first time, but obviously the next, the next two. It has it been two weeks, or is it just last? I don't know. Anyways, what do you think overall? The production, how they're doing it. The, really, the three match format. It seems like it, it seems like that the the quote or what people are saying about it is it's the fastest hour in professional wrestling television. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty spot on accurate. I, I I pretty much agree with that in totality because it it really is. And like I I love the hour format, and I think it's it's such it was such a good idea to limit it to an hour. And I kind of like the the placement as well. Friday at ten, like I I'm good with that. You know, like it's especially now where most people are still you know sadly you know stuck in the houses. So we there is more of a chance that you know you're gonna get more people to watch it at this time. So. I, I I like it. I I think it's it's looking pretty much what it, what it should have been, and I I don't think it's going to be as detrimental like people were comparing it to like when WCW got Thunder, for instance. You know, I don't think it's it's detrimental to them at all. I, I like how they do the pre-taping, and I I think I read something where that they were going to move some of the tapings to Universal Studios. I'm I'm trying to remember if that was for Rampage itself or if, or if that was just for. I don't think they would just do that for Dark and Elevation, but did you hear about that as well? Did, did you... 
I vaguely, it's like somewhere, I remember hearing something about the fact that Rampage, the the crowd for Rampage was kind of dull because they had watched so much maybe, you know, matches from Dark and stuff like that beforehand. And so you turn a one hour show into like a five hour show with all the stuff that they were filming beforehand. But so I don't know exactly, I don't know if it was filming Dark or if it was filming Rampage, but I have heard rumblings about that as well too. See if I can look it up. But yeah, so I don't. I mean, as a whole, I think it's we're still in its infancy. But I think it's so far so good. Like I, I don't think it's it's to the point where it's like overwhelming or it's it's just like draining, you know, or it's asking too much of if you're an AEW fan. I think it's perfect. I think they should leave it like this for as long as they can. What about yeah. you? Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent rewatchable. Like if you're not there Friday at ten, you can DVR or whatever. I don't use DVR, but um, watch it online. Any of that stuff. But I, I think it's definitely digestible is the best word for it. And it, and I like the theme that it's, you know, mostly matches. Because we get a lot of promos. We're going to talk about a lot of promos tonight. I think this was one of the greatest nights of Dynamite for promos specifically. There's so many great lines. Yes. Um, but where Rampage is more just like you get the three matches. And, and I, think, I think it is a step in the right direction to slowly but surely teach whoever's in the back there for AEW to... to a lot at time to the right things and a lot at less time to other things, which again is something we'll probably get into. The only problem I really come, uh, the only problem I really have with Rampage as a whole and, and on Dynamite too, honestly, is the commentary. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, for Rampage... Like, Chris Jericho started off this week by screaming and saying that, yeah, I scream and I'm going to keep doing it or whatever. Essentially (laughs) because we all know this. We all have one person. Like, I, for example, CM Punk is a great, you know, but he hasn't been around for seven years. So, Charlotte Flair, I'm a mark for Charlotte Flair, right? Uh, This match that she had on on Raw, and again, we're not a WWE podcast. Well, we are, but you know what I mean. Um, But this match she had on Raw with Nia Jax immediately my first thought is I'm going to defend what's going on. Charlotte is not doing anything wrong here, whatever. This is all Charlotte, you know, this is all Nia Jax, whatever else. Mm-hmm. I have really biased point of view. And I know that. I'm, like, self-aware of that. 
So there are people who are like that for Chris Jericho. Therefore, they're going to compliment these things, and he's going to look at those, I think, and not the other, you know, fairly reasonable critics that are saying, just just rein it back a little bit, dude. Rein it back a little bit. You are not, you're not there to be the color commentator, right? That is um, uh, Excalibur's job, and he's incredible at it. Like, you don't need to scream every two seconds. It's not, you're not Vic Joseph. There's a reason this is Wednesday night, not Tuesday night. Like, I don't want to hear that. And a four-man booth is ridiculous to me. I think it's it's too much. It, yeah. For an hour-long show, it's too many. I really think the two-man booth is the way to go. If you have to have three, fine. Keep Taz and keep Excalibur. And I love Mark Henry, so keep Mark Henry, too, maybe. I, just, it's, I get it. I understand why this is hard for them, because you don't. And I think Chris Jericho is great on commentary in doses. In doses. And yeah. the intro of this show I have, I think, is a soundbite from him on commentary. I think he's good, but not. I can't take it for an hour-long show, you know? Um, and, and Well, I didn't think it was supposed to be a four-person booth every week. I thought Tony said it was just, like, for the premiere. We're just going to be for the just just the beginning. So I'm kind of surprised that it has carried over this far. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weird and i i wasn't again alive for this but i from what i've watched and heard from documentaries among other things in wcw the problem with a lot of the stuff in wcw was this is a podcast in itself but was uh too many talents having too much say and you should always allow talents obviously out of say this isn't that but clearly chris jericho's got a lot of control of as to what goes on and i think i think that is being I, I don't think it's malicious i just think like and we'll talk no, about qt yeah. marshall later like at marshall uh marshall. i think it's just being it's like a weird nepotism i don't know if that's the right word for it or whatever like just you can't almost blame him i, I don't know I, I, I can't really find the words for it but I, that's the only issue i have and on dynamite this week i had a lot of problems with the commentary uh, I feel like if you come for JR, you have to come for him really carefully because the internet will come for you. You know what I mean? Uh, because yeah. I love JR. I, JR, uh, of course, is a, it's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest commentator of all time. But, God, this week was bad. Um, with the big show comments over and over and over again, I, I understand it's still you're still learning. And then talking over the whole CM Punk thing, talking about so, – I don't know. He made some That's weird what, thing about a cat. That was the part that did it for me. Yeah, cat of person, uh, personality. Or, I was like, what the – what are you talking about? I caught myself oh, there. Save myself. I know. I remember that part. So that was that was. I'm pretty sure that was a. He was. I think what he was doing was he was trying to compare like and just like explain like the reach that CM Punk has on just various types of people because I'm pretty sure that was in reference to Jay and his his late wife. I'm pretty sure they had a cat and she would sing like the cat of personality to the cat like sing like along to like the the cult of personality song but change it you know cult to cat so i think it has something to do with that but i think it was just like one of those things where they they didn't like the other two didn't really know how to react to his comment just because it was like i it's a like i it's poorly timed thing but yeah i think that was i think that was what kind of like drew maybe not, i don't want to say negative attention at all because it wasn't negative but just like just more spotlight to it than Maybe, like, later on or, or something, like, after CM Punk is leaving or something like that. But I don't know. I think that's what people were referring to with that. But, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But when he was talking, when, when CM Punk was coming out, like, that was the part that kind of did it for me. Because I don't know. There was um, – it was Jerry the King Waller, and he was 
I think JR and the King as a duo was always one of my favorites because that's what I personally grew up on. So that team will always stick out to me. So I'll maybe I'll always be a little biased, but the King had said something when, and I forget who it was, but they were making their entrance and it was him and JR. And I think there was a third person as well. And we'll get, I'll get off of it. But he had mentioned he had JR was talking and the King had said, JR shows some respect when they, when I forget who it was, but when so-and-so was making, when they're making their entrance and for whatever reason that stuck out to me, cause it's kind of like a, a respect thing, you know, like it's a big deal. Like they're a star, right? They're supposed to be, and maybe not a superstar quote unquote, quote unquote for AEW, but they're supposed to be a big deal. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but that just, and no disrespect at all, but yeah, it just kind of bugged me too. No, I hear you. I think that's especially CM Punk. Like, I think they did yeah. such a good job on the first Rampage when he debuted. Obviously, you were alive, but they shut up. They didn't say a word the entire time. They just, the only thing Excalibur said was like, we'll be back in 90 seconds. You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah. that was it. We yeah. went to commercial break and came back. But I think they need to do that more. And I don't know if like Kevin Dunn's late, son or something is in the production truck too but there was like too many cuts for me all of a sudden i think they really need to go back to what they were doing on the first rampage they just like let it be and i I couldn't i wanted to hear the crowd in chicago i didn't want to hear about jr's late wife's cat you know i wanted to hear cult of personality not not just the, the commentators i can hear you can talk any other time like let the out of all wrestlers such a, let's see him punk talk let's see him punk let the moment soak in. This is still new. You know what I mean? We can still enjoy yeah. this and, 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 and hear the And you're in Chicago of all places. Like, shut up and let the crowd you let the crowd be the crowd, you know? It's just yeah. a little thing that was bugging me this week. But anyways, let's let's get into this week um, uh, of Dynamite. And we will obviously talk about All Out probably throughout it. And, and we'll give our predictions towards the end of the show if we cannot spoil them until then. But we started off this week with, uh, they ran it back, FTR versus Proud and Powerful. Uh, and, you know, obviously with that terrible injury that uh, that happened last time. I will say, though, real quick, before we get into this, I, I want to preface, and I think I said this on the show before, I don't think the match was very good leading up to the injury. I, I don't think they, uh, it wasn't like, oh, no, like, of course you never want anybody to be injured. But it wasn't like, oh, no, imagine what they could have done if that didn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like flowing for me at all that time I thought this match was 10 times that match uh you know and I think I think they can still do even better and so you know they're one apiece now so I'd love to see that third match but there were some crazy spots in this with um the in the beginning just the fire up I think FTR is is like such a uh it's just such a great team to have on your roster because they are your classic heel tag team. They want to put the baby faces over. I don't know if you ever heard their interview on, on uh, Talk is Jericho, but they talked about that a lot. They just, no. they want to do their job as heels and they're really good at it. You know, they're good utility the, players. Yes. Utility players. That's the term I'm looking for. They, and you know what? And they're like far beyond that as well. They are so, so oh, talented absolutely. Yeah. and they can do all those high spots. They just don't cause they know their role. Uh, and every now and then, obviously, we get one, but it's kind of similar to an MJF style, and uh, obviously that would be the pinnacle. But um, I, I thought this match was way better. It was nice to see Proud and Powerful got the win. I did not call it. I thought FTO was going to FTO. FTR was going to go uh, 2-0, but now we're 1-1, one one, so who knows? Maybe we'll have the third match down the line to, you know, to, to see who's really the, the better tag team, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I thought I thought Proud and Powerful looked awesome, and I love the face paint. 
Yeah, no, me too. I, I'm right there with you on that one. I, I think this was such a, a such a, a almost like a night and day match compared to the other one that they had that first one. So I think that this one was it was just a solid match, and they just and when I say utility player, they're FTR. They're just that team that you can literally put with any other team, and it'll be a phenomenal match. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of like like the Shawn Michaels in that respect, where they like you you can go he can go against a giant, you can go against a Rey Mysterio. He can go against any type of, of wrestler, and it'll be a, a great match. So that's like I think that's like like that pays homage to them, and that just speaks highly of the skills and the, and the talent that they have. And I think Pride and Powerful Man, like they just, I, I think that they have to win this feud coming out of it. Um, even though I think the FTR could probably use it as well, just since so they can get like a, a solid, you know, like bragging point, but. I think you have to have that third match in New York, right? I think you have to have it there if they're not going to go oh, for the tag. Yeah, uh, if if you're not going to go for the tag titles with them, then at least have them have that third match, that blow off match there in their hometown, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. My my dream booking is, and I'm I'm going to spoil it, but I'm not going to spoil it because I just said we weren't going to spoil it. But at all out, I'd like the team that are the good guys maybe to win that match is my hopeful prediction um, or isn't my prediction. You'll have to stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear. And then if they win the tag team titles, I'd love to see FTR take them off them. And I, you know, I'd love to see MJF actually our next world champion. And I'd like to see the gold on the pinnacle. I'd like to see the pinnacle all together. I don't think we've seen the pinnacle as a group together. Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, obviously FTR and uh, MJF all together since they started going back on the road. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And, and pretty much the same thing for Inner Circle as well. If you yeah, think about it, I mean, yeah, like absolutely. Team Jericho. And I think we saw, of course, Sammy when they were in Texas. But even since then, like we haven't seen Sammy since the Texas shows. I mean, it's it's kudos to AEW because obviously they don't throw all the wrestlers on every show. Which, and I'm not saying Sammy needs to be, but it's just like you do notice that like certain guys aren't there, which again is fine. But like in regards to that, like the factions themselves, like those two just kind of like are kind of going their own way. It's it's kind of an interesting thing because yeah. they didn't really have like a blow off, you know. 
Exactly. It's almost like the inner circle won the match to stay together, but then where's Jake Hager? Uh, where is Sam? Yeah. And obviously they're on dark, but again, for the casual fan, them. not even a casual fan. I don't consider myself a casual fan considering we're talking on a podcast here. I think that would be a really weird <sighs> casual fan, but, yeah. um, but I don't watch dark all the time. At a very minimum, I get to watch some highlights. I think Sammy Guevara teamed with Fuego, Fuego del Sol on last dark. And then I think Jake Hager was on dark as well. But I don't, um, again, that's not, like, I want to see, like, we're going to get into, obviously, where they're allotting TV time. But I want to see Sammy Guevara on TV. Yeah, but they're in, like, they're not even, like, accompanying Jericho. Like, it, it's just Jericho, like, Francis when he was giving, giving a speech, like, it was just Jericho. And, I mean, this week was JR as well. And I think maybe, like, of course, this week to sell it since it was the go-home show, like, in that situation, it was perfect to just have Jericho and Jr. But like in the other in the prior weeks, like Sammy hasn't really been accompanying him or really been involved in this, or neither has Jake Hager, which was supposed to be like the whole point of him was like Jericho's kind of like bodyguard or like you know muscle, you know. So it's just kind of interesting, and I'm not saying it's even necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. So it, it'd be cool to see how it plays out if they end up getting all back together, or they just if this is their way of just like phasing both factions out. Yeah, I could I could see again as I'm trying not to give away predictions, but if Jericho lost the match at all out, I could see the inner circle coming out and then doing something there, obviously. But um Yeah. All right, well let's let's move on and uh and let's talk about 2.0 because I can I ask you how how familiar are you with NXT? Do you I forget, are you a watcher of NXT often? Um I have fallen off recently. I need to catch up. I used to watch it so pretty much like ever rise when they were there i was i was kind of getting back into it then so i'm not like 100 percent on their backstory but i enjoyed what i saw of them there yeah ever rise was like the most entertaining thing on nxt yeah and, and I, I was i remember being shocked that they released them because like they were that entertaining group but like they were good in the ring too so it wasn't even like they were a joke yeah absolutely and then obviously 2.0 i mean excuse me daniel garcia huge on the indies and i wasn't super familiar with him obviously until he came to aew but uh, this backstage promo was great. Those shirts that say you want to take a swing. I think that's just incredible. Uh, and yeah, Matt Lee tells Darby Allen to not look past Daniel Garcia. Their son, their, their son, Daniel Garcia. <laughs> yeah, their son. And, uh, and says that they're excited, uh, to essentially make it so, uh, Darby Allen doesn't make it all out to face punk. And then, uh, when we come back, we have CM Punk coming out to talk to the crowd Obviously, he comes out and and just is just punk. He's just wonderful. He really he's he was Phil Brooks, I want to say, uh, until Daniel Garcia and 2.0 come out, jump him from behind, beat him down, and then uh, Sting and Darby Allen come to make the save, oddly very slowly, and then uh, then we get the punk going forehead to forehead with Darby Allen and Sting's promo where he talks about how they're both ready, uh, but he says he's not going to be there at all out. He's going to let Darby Allen do his thing. Uh, and take himself out of the situation. So let me throw this over to you first. What did you think? Yeah, I think the whole... I was curious to see what he was going to say tonight since we were again back in Chicago, and like this would be the what third time that he's been out there now to just speak. And again, like not yeah. downplaying that at all, at, at all because obviously <clears throat> we're stoked to see him and we'll listen to anything he has to say every night. But just to see if, if he was going to get... Because I didn't think that they were actually going to show up face-to-face. I thought they were going to leave them separate until All Out itself. And once... And at first, because I, like, I don't know how you responded to it at first, but like when he was talking, I just... The first time, like the second I knew something was up was because of the fans' reaction. 
when everyone started looking to the ramp and when to when I were coming out that and Garcia, that's when I realized like, oh, something's happening. And I was surprised to see him get physical tonight. You know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that we got to see a little glimpse of that. But I was very surprised that we got to see the GTS itself. Like, I, I kind of thought that maybe he was going to get him up and then like someone was going to like slide him out of the ring or he was just, you know, it, he wasn't going to actually connect and it was just going to be interrupted. But I don't know. How do you feel about them showing the GTS? Because I did see, like, some people's tweets were, were kind of, they were a little, not upset, but just surprised that they gave it away the night, or not the night, but, like, on the go-home show prior to the pay-per-view instead of making you wait to see the first GTS in seven years. So, so yeah, I, I, I heard, or I saw some of that stuff online as well. I don't, I, I think this was perfect, honestly. And uh, well, it was perfect for punk. Let me, we're going to talk about sting. Of course, we're going to talk about sting here, but, um, but I didn't, (laughs) I, I think that we've been getting a lot of Phil Brooks lately and which is great. And I want him to be able to soak it all in, like he said, and appreciate it and very unscripted and just natural and organic. And it's been nice to see the man be happy for once in his life. You know what I mean? And I feel like last time we saw punk and wrestling a wrestling ring he was just clearly the last time i really the last time we really saw him was when he got choke slammed through that table and he already had a concussion and whatever else going on and you could visibly see this guy was done um and so especially when you look back at it in hindsight now so Mm -hmm. like i i just think though that the feud being i want to fight you because i think you're really good in the ring it, it, it needed more juice and this was just exactly what it needed. It didn't need necessarily more talking or whatever. We'll get to the promo, obviously, later on, or we could talk about that now, too. But um, but the minute he started looking at Darby Allen and they did the forehead-to-forehead thing, I was like, oh, that's punk. That's punk. Even the exactly. GTS, to me, was felt, you know, still like we're still, you know, just enjoying the moment and whatever. But, like, when they locked eyes, I was like, oh, there's CM Punk. There's what I've been waiting for. And then Sting does his thing. Um, I felt like Sting talked for way too long. I could have used, you know, I don't even need I didn't even need to hear that he wasn't going to be there. He could have just not walked down to the ring. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think this was necessary. Yeah. I don't think this, exactly. I don't think this was the time to say like, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, we've never gotten the chance to share the ring. You know what I mean? I just felt that they were going to do that, like little Sting's little mini, I don't even want to call it a promo because it didn't promote anything. Like, uh, if they were going to do that little thing, maybe they could have done it at another point because this just felt, it almost felt like he was going to say he was going to be the guest referee or something. It just, it was like, why are you you talking and why is Darby Allin not talking? Um, So I liked the the Punk Allen aspect of this. I, I didn't need Sting. Uh, doing this thing thing. I didn't mind the Scorpion Death Drop. I didn't mind all that stuff. That was it was all cute and fun. And 2.0 is like imagine you you leave you get released from NXT, you show up on Dynamite, you get to be in a match with Sting, right? You get to hit your first finish... match back on TV. Exactly right, and then you get to be the first people who take the first GTS in seven years. Yeah, like, and what? you get to be the first people who to lay their hands on CM Punk in seven years in a wrestling ring. Talk about an upgrade. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take getting fired any day, then, if that's how it turns out. Exactly. What? Yeah, I'll take a GTS any day of the week, too. I'd be Absolutely. honored. And Twice I'm sure on they Sunday. were, too. <laughs> Absolutely. They should be. So, I don't know if I'm overreacting. You know, I'm a little annoyed. I get annoyed with Sting, I guess, a little no. bit more than other people. But, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I felt that it was unnecessary. 
So I'm kind of 50-50 on it. So <clears throat> I kind of like, I think part of me, it would have been cool just to get the visual of it. Because Sting, he was never really known for really his, his promo or his mic game at all. He was his character. Like he was the quiet type. He hid in the Raptors and stuff like that. So for him to... Mucho respecto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was... Part, and, like, that's why I'm 50-50, right? Because part of me, I was, like, it was cool to, like, I guess, see Sting pay respect to Punk. Because um, they are kind of, like, I don't want to say polar opposites, but they're kind of, like, two different versions of different. You know what I mean? So, like, not your average character, your, your average wrestler, or your your stereotypical, I guess, rather, um, more so than average. Um, your stereotypical wrestler. So, I think it was, in that respect, it was kind of cool. But, like you said, maybe just, like, the timing and the placement of it. Uh, maybe if this was more towards, like, the second week, like, right after Punk debuted, or, like, if they had included that in, like, a video package, if you have to bring it up, right? But I think maybe part of me would have liked it more if we just got the visual of it. Had Darby Allen come out for his entrance at All Out, have Sting come out with him, obviously, like, as normal, then he d- he does a little fist bump that he referenced, and then he goes in the back, and then you just visually see, it, and it's just kind of that thing that's just unspoken, right? So, but I, I guess the, the whole idea was to have Sting endorse it and just kind of give, like, his, not his stamp of approval, but just, like, but I guess maybe just like his that. endorsement. Yeah, yeah, in, in a weird way, because, and, and also, too, like, I, I mean, I wasn't really concerned with Sting being there. Like, I, I respect Sting, but, like, it's not like I was, like, oh, my gosh, Sting's going to, like, interfere in the match or he's going to be, like, he's going to jeopardize the outcome. Like, it's not going to be a clean finish or anything like that, like. Sting never gets involved until unless someone else is is attacking Darby, you know, like if the if the opposition is is the one doing it first. So I don't. It was just kind of I don't know. It was just kind of weird in a way. But like again, like I personally didn't hate it. But I mean, I I, I could have done without it also. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it was just the timing, and and I think I've laid off on Sting a lot. In fact, I've been. I've been blown away by Sting in a lot of in like in that match, obviously in that tag team match. Some of the just incredible stuff. Sixty-two years old, unbelievable. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, he it, he blew it out of the park. Like it was amazing. The yeah. table spot, like it was just <laughs> no one else. No one else. I know. Pops right up again. AEW has been able to somehow present this guy as like an ageless human. It's just unbelievable. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus but I just, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, you've already got, it's almost, like, too much. Again, I always say that, like, yeah. too much of a good thing can turn bad real quick, and I just, I didn't, I didn't need it, I think. I'd also, again, small point, but, like, if anybody was worried about the X factor of Sting, which I don't know if anybody was, but if there is anybody out there who was, you just took away another possible, like, thing that might go on in their head. Is Sting going to stay at ringside? Is Sting going to come out? Is Sting going to just let Darby Allen do his thing? Like, it's something to be curious about, you know what I mean? And then now we know he's not going to, apparently. Well, um, yeah, and Sting, I mean, the whole point of Sting is is that star factor, right? And that, that big-time feel. And, like, 
if not for nothing, you would expect him like to come out at, at that moment, right? Like that's Darby. That's going to be Darby Allen's biggest moment of his career. You know, it's great. It's not a title match, but it's it's CM Punk. Like it's his first match back. Like you're you're that guy. No one will ever be able to take that away from him. So you would expect kind of Sting to be there for that those moments in particular. You know, so it's just. In a way, it's kind of odd that of all the times, like this is when he decides to not accompany him. But I mean, I, I get it. But it's just like you would you would think like now he would be out there more than ever. Yeah, it's funny if I you break even, it down. I didn't even think about it that way. So oh, whatever, we're going poor, poor Sting, right? I, again, yeah. I think Sting I mean, has been yeah. valuable in a lot of assets for this, but and I think they've been booking him right in a lot of ways. And I love sure. that pop up table spot and, and everything else. But this just wasn't for me. But. What was for me was what we got next, and that was the um, we well we got a video package for Kenny Omega and Christian Cage, and then we got the promo from MJF, quote unquote, being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. I don't know if you even want to call it that. He like metaphorically took the microphone away from him in the ring, like everybody does. Um, Tony Schiavone is a gem. Before we get into all the stuff that MJF said, he is a gem. He's looking at his watch. He's like, I'm <laughs> interviewing Tony. like the worst human on the planet. He's just. I love the humanness, Tony Schiavone. He's not like this robot, overproduced robot. He's just a human being, like as a commentator would be. Just, and he is probably the most beloved man in, in wrestling, honestly. Um, so obviously, uh, what's it called MJF? I, I can't. I'm not going to do this any justice, but he basically just said that he rattles off all of Chris Jericho's nicknames over the four-decade four career. Uh, looks at Tony Schiavone. He's like four decades. Uh, and he's consistently evolved, stays on top of the mountains, the greatest of all time, probably, but essentially, don't get it twisted, by the time MJF's career is over, he is going to take that spot, he, um, references Muhammad Ali, talks about brains are scrambled, essentially, Chris Jericho needs to keep coming back and back and more, essentially calls him Terry Funk without calling him Terry Funk, um, and says, you know, but eventually, that's gonna be his undoing, and so, this Sunday at, uh, at All Out, he's going to, uh, well, he said it very, very, way more beautifully. He said that uh, it's ironic that the same yearning of the, for the spotlight that brought him to the dance will be the reason his music dies. And so he's saying he's going to beat Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho's career, apparently just in AEW. They seem to really make that clear this week. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and Chris Jericho's career on Sunday. And I thought this was incredible. The looking from one camera to the other. MJF doesn't stutter. It doesn't feel scripted. It's just, he feels like a lunatic and in the, but the most calculated lunatic out there. Like it just, it's like some scary, some scary, like weird criminal mind stuff. Sometimes just the way he's so cold and calculated. I think it's just the greatest thing going right now. Probably the most Probably the best on the microphone, at least in recent times for me. So what did you think of this? Oh, absolutely. And I just, the way he strung along the entire promo, just like the thread, it was just amazing. Pretty much from the beginning, he the gave cadence. you like the whole story. Yeah. yeah. And the whole story of Jericho, essentially, like every nickname that he had, every, all the way from like the beginning to the, like not the end, but up until current. It's just the way he just laid everything out was so well done and just, the conviction that he has and like the look that he just like, it's like he's glaring right through you, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, like this guy, like you hate him, but it's like, if he does in Jericho's AEW and ring career, it's like you, you wouldn't really be surprised. And like, I, I don't know, like part of me, like, I don't, 
I don't I want to give it away yet, but like I I, I wouldn't be surprised if if by if, if for whatever reason MJF does pull it out, but it's like just the promo itself, like he sells you on it. Like if you were kind of hesitant on buying the pay per view, like if if nothing else, like he would sell you on seeing this match and 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 that's the, the pretty much the possibility that he really could in Jericho's career. And like it's it's not just one of those things because then it makes sense too, right? So Jericho wouldn't technically be gone from AEW. He would still be doing commentary, so it's not that unbelievable, right? So it's not like a, for instance, a Roman Reigns type thing where if he loses, he's gone from WWE. Like, you know that's not going to happen. So whereas this, like, it's not like, oh, if Jericho loses, he's gone from AEW. Even that wouldn't be that unbelievable, but this is even more so. It's like, okay, yeah, like, maybe, like, you're not like, oh, 100% like Jericho's winning. You're like, man, like, MJF may win this, you know, And, and Jericho may never beat MJF. And that, I think that would be such a cool story, too. Like, I don't think that's really getting played up. Like, it's not just, like, of course, Jericho's in-ring career would be over, but it's, like, he he would never be able to have truly beaten MJF, if you think about it. So I just think that's kind of, kind of like, a cool aspect of it as well. So kudos to them for being able to string it out this long as well. Yeah, that could be a credit or, or a discredit, I guess, too. I think this this has been, I mean, this has been, like, a year-long program, if not more now. Um, and there's, there's, there's something to be said about that, but at the same time, uh, it's, you know, it's their fourth match now, right? Where we've got the three, three, and know, whatever, like it's one of those situations. And again, these guys are both incredible talkers, but it's something where I, I was probably on a higher side than most people on their last match. I thought it was very theatrical, but I think that's okay. And I think that's why, um, why AEW is such a good buffet of everything, uh, However, I guess we can, if you want, and we'll talk about the um, the Chris Jericho segment with Jim Ross in the ring, obviously, too. We could just tie these two things together. I thought it was weird at first that they were doing MJF backstage and Chris Jericho live. But then yeah. I was like, oh, well, it's Jericho, of course. He wants to hear Judas and all that other stuff, and um, which is fine. But I actually thought this whole backstage thing really went or worked well for MJF because there was no interruption. He just got to talk. With no what's, no anything, you know what I mean? From the crowd, he just got to talk, and I thought that that actually really accentuated what he had to say too. And then with the uh, supposedly, which is also called an interview, which just wasn't an interview with uh, with Chris Jericho, um, Jim Ross looked really emotional. Uh, so if if Chris Jericho, I actually, from what I remember, Jim Ross doesn't like to know what's happening in the match. Like he doesn't want right. to know the outcome. Yeah. So. Jim Ross is more sold on this than I think is any, are any of us, you know. Uh, it was really a, either a great acting job or really just natural uh, emotion to see this guy who's been wrestling for four decades, like he said, might be might be done on, on Sunday. But Chris Jericho did a lot of talking, called MJF a prick, uh, said that he just can't get those three victories out of his head, named the dates, which I thought was impressive. By the way, I can never remember three dates like that. Right. I don't know if anybody else ever has that thoughts, but I'm like, oh, good for him. Didn't Just have that written on his bat. hand or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and says that he's sure if he sticks around, he could win a lot more great matches and a lot more championships. But he'd look in the mirror and see a man who couldn't have beaten MJF, and he'd know that that was the beginning of the end of Le Champion uh, and his time in the ring. So he doesn't want it to be the end. He wants more. We get the crowd chanting that they want more. Um, but if his journey ends in Chicago, he'll walk uh, to that commentary desk and do his best as full-time and thank everyone for his wonderful career. And he's okay with it ending in Chicago where it all started. The best part for this for me was that he came and said, uh, uh, Chicago is Jericho. I thought, uh, yes, I yes. thought that, that 
said that put more doubt on the outcome than anything that either of the guys had said because Chris Jericho is like doesn't want the crowd chanting Y2J is so Mm -hmm. prideful about the fact that he's evolved and he doesn't like want to be referenced to any of the old stuff he did he wants you to keep following all the new stuff but the fact that he did that almost felt like like a tribute if that makes any sense yeah when do you do a tribute when someone's career is over when they pass away or whatever so I thought that was really telling too, and it, again, if it's not telling, it was a really good sell on a. Because I don't know, I really don't know. This is fifty-fifty for me. If there ever has been on who's going to win, so um, like I'm, I have no idea as of now. I'll, I'll just we'll get to it when we get to it, but I have no idea who's going to win this. So I, I thought this was great. I thought MJF, of course, to me, you know, the, I liked MJF setting better. I, I, I didn't need this necessarily in front of the live crowd, but Chris Jericho, if this is his last match. I, let him drink it in, man. No pun intended, obviously. Yeah. I, I thought that's what he was going to hit right after the, you know, Chicago is yeah. Jericho. Like, I thought he was just going to hit. Like, I don't know why. I was just expecting it. But, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but no, no you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, we forgot to mention, too, as I say, all that 100th episode of Dynamite. Actually, technically the 101st, yeah. if, if I'm correct. But I think it was some Saturday Night Dynamite or something. But... 100th episode of Dynamite, nonetheless. It doesn't matter in wrestling. You could just make numbers up. That's what WWE does for attendance all the time. So, um, oh, yeah. 100th episode of Dynamite. Who would have thought we're here, you know? And it's just, and I'm surprised they didn't play that up even more. Like, when he said that, I was I was shocked. Like, and I, that, like, really made me happy for, like, the whole, like, AEW and just, like, the wrestling landscape in and of itself. So, I'm really surprised, and especially with how much they, like, theme shows that they didn't, like, really, like, make that a tagline. So, I that just really made me happy. Because just to think, like, where, because, and, like, I was lucky enough to be at the, the first um, Dynamite in D.C. So, just to think, like, how far they've come and through the pandemic and everything like that. Like, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing, you know, and it's just getting better. And it's just to think like what we're going to get now from between just now the end of the year itself. It's kind of crazy for AEW, but yeah, when he said that, I just made me happy for that hundred episode or 101. No, absolutely. Uh, So we, we will definitely talk more about the Chris Jericho and MJF stuff as we, as we get into predictions, we can talk about the next match, obviously, which was Brian cage versus power powerhouse, will Hobbs, and I mean, these two beat the crap out of each other. That's pretty much, pretty much how he can say it. Um, Will Hobbs gets the win, obviously with the uh, some some interference. I thought the timing of this interference was really well done. Um, but yes, yeah, so we had uh, Ricky Starks essentially hits him with the title from a distraction with Hook, and I don't know. It's too complicated to remember exactly how they did the whole thing. But Will Hobbs won by a distraction, and and uh, Ricky Starks hitting. Uh, Brian Cage with the title belt. I I kind of hope this is over. Um, but at the same time, then where do you go with Brian Cage? But AEW has this thing where, like, don't get me wrong, long like there was a good and bad version of everything, right? And so there's a good and bad version of long-term storytelling. This is too long-term. We're getting into like Kip Sabian Miro territory again. You know, I, I just it's <laughs> it it lost all its juice. You know, uh, and, you know, like, this was a great match, but I just, it almost had too much leading up to it. AEW gives, like, too much leading up to the match sometimes, I feel like, and and you can't live up to expectations. Um, Brian Cage is incredible in the ring. I think people aren't giving enough credit with the charisma thing. I've heard a lot of charisma vacuum comments and stuff like that. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more than, than than we think. You know, I didn't love that segment with the band instruments, but I think... 
I think there's something more in there that we're not, you know, he's not just the big beefy dude. Uh, but it was good to see Will Hobbs get the win because that guy just looks like a superstar. So no pun intended, obviously, with that. We're not going to call him a superstar. He's a pro wrestler, but he looks like a superstar. So No, don't jinx Yeah, don't jinx him. Yeah, no, I, I can't really, I can't speak too much on the match because I was, I was driving back when, or driving down to Florida when AEW was airing. So I could really, I kind of missed out on this one because of traffic. So I, I really didn't see this one, but I saw the end. And first of all, that Ricky Starks, that shot with the belt, it was just perfect. Like he landed yeah. that so well. And I think just the thing that I just always take away from these segments, and I'm, I'm kind of with you, like I'm, I'm kind of over it at this point. Um, just cause I feel like we're just kind of dragging it out for what really, but I think that if nothing else, what I take away is just Ricky Starks. Like he just screams again. Like I don't <laughs> kind of want to wait, like what you said, but like, he just kind of screams superstar as well. Like just like, or just a star. Like there's just something about him that just grabs your attention when he's on the screen. And I could kind of see maybe like, like a him and Brian Cage. And I don't know how they would get to it at this point, but like a him and Brian Cage pairing, and just have him kind of more like a, you know, like kind of just take it back to like a Diesel and Shawn Michaels version, and just have them just kind of like just be you know, like each other's like sidekick, and just have them just kind of feed and just benefit off of each other, and just have Will Hobbs, um, Hook, and Taz just kind of do their thing as well, because I think Taz would be perfect for Hobbs going forward, and then of course Hook is there as well. So I just well, kind of would like to break them off in that way and just kind of have them, if, if you don't want to have Ricky, just be completely on his own as um, as his own talent. But I could see something with him and Brian, and maybe, maybe I'm off with that, though. So you want to throw Brian Cage and, and uh, Ricky Starks back together? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like, huh. not now, but like maybe down the road. Like, And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how we would get back there, but like just from – before, like they even got to this point, like, I I had always pictured like that those pairings like itself like if they yeah, were gonna break up like, Team it... Taz, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I wish like we could go back and just like redo that, but like I just in the future like I just I don't know like I just saw something there with them. But I agree with you on Uncage as well. And ever since I forget how long ago it was now, but when he was he had Darby Allen up on his shoulders and was walking like pretty much in the suplex uh, stance and was walking down the stairs with him like it was just I'm pretty sure it was Darby Allen it was just insane like and, and ever since then like he just he just there's something about him too and I just think that people are kind of like too hard on him yeah I think he's got a lot of charisma in his wrestling if that makes sense I mean that kind of like Cesaro, a Batista, yeah he did that Cesaro deadlift suplex to Will Hobbs yeah. The man is bigger than Brian Cage, right? From what I read, like that, I, oh, I said I had to rewatch. That was unbelievable. Like the the amount of strength that he has. But again, you know, in this day and age, and especially in an AEW, if you if you can't talk, you need the talker. But you just took his talker away. And Taz is probably one of the greatest promos out there right now. And and so I don't know where he ends up next because apparently, I just don't think it's really hard to make these big beefy guys faces. You know. Right, exactly, and that, that's the problem now, so it's like, once all this is over, like, what does Brian really do after this? I guess, I could see him going against Miro, I think they can have a, a good little feud, but I don't, I don't see him beating Miro, for instance, so it's just, I, I'm afraid he may end up like a Lance Archer, Lance Archer, like, what, you know, like, what do you really do with him, and, and Lance had, excuse me, a mouthpiece, and, and Jake Roberts, so it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of um, concerning, and and not in a, an alarming way. Like I don't think like they're gonna you know misuse him or anything like that. But it's just it kind of gets to that point too where you have like limited time for everyone. So it's like you just don't want him to get lost in the shuffle. 
Yeah, and this whole feud definitely got lost in the shuffle. No, I hear you. I think the Lance Archer comparison is a great one. I think, and I, you never want anybody to lose their job, obviously. Um, but I could see AEW letting his contract run out, however long that is, and um, and him wrestling in other territories for a little while, and then coming back, you know? And he will be welcomed back with open arms, but it's that kind of thing where time just makes the heart grow fonder. I think that's probably what he needs, because, again, I just don't see another direction. I think the Miro one is a great shout, but then what, you know? Exactly. So, uh, but that's not our jobs, obviously. I just I just <laughs> think, I just think, yeah, he, he, he's just, I don't think this breakup was necessary, or if you were going to do it, this, there had to be a, I would have had Ricky Starks do it, you know what I mean? Um, you want to see the little guy go up against the big guy so much more. However, I'm my my next I guess opponent for CM Punk being if he beats Darby Allen at All Out, I think Ricky Starks is a great shout. Oh, you want to get heat on because Ricky Starks is one of those heels, but everybody likes him so damn much that it's hard for him to stay a heel. You want to get heat on Ricky Starks, have him do what 2.0 and Daniel Garcia did and beat up the most beloved man in pro wrestling right now. And then hit that pose. <laughs> oh, I love the pose. What a man I Ricky too. Starks is. I love that pose. Like, I like I so, and I think once they start their sale tomorrow, I think, because, like, I want to, I don't know why, I'm just, like, I really want to buy a shirt for some reason. Not that I need to. But, oh, and remind me to say, to get back to the shirts really quick. But I just, I probably just wants to buy that shirt that has his pose on it. Because he's just, he's just money. Just looking at him, he's just, he just screams money. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's he's a superstar and only 27 years old, you know. Of course, I got the yeah, age down. Don't insane. worry about that. But Look at that. He's got a lot of time left, obviously. I was I was listening to uh the New Day podcast today on my way home from work. Uh and I'm way behind, but I just I I listen to them when I'm cranky. I was hangry today, and I so I listen to them when I'm cranky oh, no. cuz it's really hard to listen to those three guys and not get in a good mood. Uh and Biggie was talking about how um, when he's thir- he's 35 now, a lot of the time, that's kind of the pinnacle of a lot of these people's career, is, you know, is when things really start kicking off. So someone like Ricky Starks is only 27. He's got, yeah. like, a lot of this amazing young talent. I think he gets lost in the shuffle sometimes when you hear the Jungle Boys and the Darby Allens and the MJFs. Like, I think Ricky Starks is up there. He's just been lost in this weird, you know, drowned-out feud. I just, I want to see something big for him next, and I think CM Punk could be that. So before we move on, do you want to mention the T-shirt thing? Oh, yes, really quick. So I when I was making my travels yesterday, the yesterday morning I had to I stopped by Verizon, not really important, but I was wearing my AEW Fight for the Fallen shirt. And this guy in there as I was waiting because <laughs> ironically, they were having internet issues. So they couldn't pull up my account so they could scan my equipment to return it. <laughs> so just go figure, right? Yeah. So I'm waiting there, and he notices my shirt, and he's like, oh, hey, did like, did you, were you there to get the shirt, or, you know, whatever, and I was like, yeah, so we just started talking about that, but I got stopped three times by three different people because they recognized my AEW shirt, and I'm kind of like one of those weirdos, like, I'll still wear wrestling shirts out in public, you know, depending on what I'm doing, whatever, and especially if I, you know, just moving, so I haven't had someone stop me. For in like any other wrestling shirt, especially like a WWE shirt, and I don't even know how long. And legit, within I would say twelve hours, 
three people stopped me for my AEW shirt and because they recognized AEW as a company and they were just like excited for things that were going on. It's just, and I just thought that was really cool. And it's just like exciting, like so quickly, like they're really like, like making an outreach. And that was like one person. And it was kind of ironic thinking back on it. It was the first person was in Virginia. The second person was a dude at a gas station in South Carolina. And then the third person was here in Florida. So I guess maybe Florida would be a little bit more common, but it was just cool. So I just thought, you know, like kudos to them for, for like just having like the brand awareness so far, like outreached already. Yeah. I love that you're in, you got a different person from every state. I think that's great. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I just realized that as I was about to say it, I was like, oh, well, I'm trying not to cuss, but yeah, I was like, get get out of here. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. it was just, it was just really cool. And it was just like a regular like event t-shirt, you know? So it was just it was just cool that they're actually getting recognized. So kudos you know, to them. It's exciting. I I love that. I, it makes me so happy. And I I'm like, it's almost like proud mom moment. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, oh, go get it. You you yeah. go guys. Like you go yes. Tony, because it, this is like a company that that we don't hear a lot of bad press from. You know that people seem happy in. It's it is. I, I I've heard a lot of like comparisons or whatever and i'm a yankees fan so this is a weird comparison but like the wwe's become like the new york yankees and the dynasty and all that other stuff and you kind of want to see these other teams have a shot you know like a lot of people root for the super team on whatever sport they're talking about just because it's the super team you know but then there's like i don't know like i'm always i'm weird like i'm rooting for the hornets you know next season i just why why because it's not you know just the 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 up-and-comer or the the teams that doesn't seem like it's it's got as much of a chance or as many resources or whatever everybody loves an underdog and i wouldn't call aew an underdog i wouldn't even call it an alternative anymore i think it's its own it's the it is the biggest professional wrestling company out there right now so that's so good to hear. And again, like you said, I feel like I'm, I'm like a proud mom. I'm like, yeah, you go AEW. Yeah, it just made me happy. So yeah, I know we have to move on, but I just kind of wanted to get that out there. No, I appreciate that. I, I, we were just talking about, I ordered my DMD shirt, of course, because what other shirt would I order uh, for the New York yes. show? And I'm, I hope I'm going to, I'm going to wear that one out with pride. I'll wear that shirt to my freaking wedding. I don't give up. Whatever. I'm, I <laughs> yes. love that. I hope I get comments on that. Yeah, when you get to, I, and maybe I'm, I'm saying this as like, when you get to a certain age, I'm not at a certain age, I don't think at least, but when you get to a certain age, you stop caring. You're definitely not. Yeah, I know, right? But like, I, in my soul, at least, you stop caring. I've stopped mm-hmm. caring. I'll wear my Finn Balor t-shirt out and whatever. No, no one really even knows anymore because I don't even think they put the WWE thing at the bottom. But like, you know, some maybe every once in a while, someone will ask me what it's about. And I'm like, oh, it's a pro, pro wrestling t-shirt or oh, it's a WWE t-shirt or it's whatever. But yeah, no, it's just nice to hear. I I was thinking about getting the AEW one that had the pride stuff on it too, like the rainbow color one. Oh yeah. And I yeah. was I was hopeful to as I I had no you know how like the closet wrestling fan thing and I feel like I talk about this all the time, but like I I had this feeling or whatever, I was like, I'll have no shame wearing that wherever. You know, there's still a little bit of like nervousness when I put on like a what another T shirt, you know, a WWE T shirt, something like that, but like I'm kind of like a proud AEW fan, if that makes any yeah. sense. No, absolutely. And that's why, like, I didn't even think twice about wearing it. Like, I didn't even, like, think anything of it, honestly, until, like, you know, that first person says something. And when they did, like, that made me happy. And then when it happened two other times, like, I was just, like, I was so, like you said, like, that proud, like, mom, just, like, that proud parent. And it's, like, yes, like, like within two years of almost two years of being on TV, it's just you're just so proud of them. So and it just, it just makes you even that much more excited for, like, the pay-per-view and just the company as a whole going forward. 
Yeah, because you, I was listening to um to bust it open this morning. Actually, I, I was I had some free time where I was just waiting for something, and I was like, all right, whatever. Sirius XM will give me three hours free trial. Why not? Because um, I've only ever listened to their podcast, so I wanted to listen to it on the radio. Actually, Bully oh, Ray yeah. tweeted me this morning. That was really sweet too. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Uh, he's a character for sure. There's a lot of things to say there. But anyways, they were talking about. I want to give him credit, obviously. So they were talking about just that that AEW is the company that makes you feel a part of. AEW is the company that they yeah. they use the example of a, like a rock show in a club rather than at a stadium. When you go to a rock stadium or whatever a, a concert at a stadium, you're so far from the stage either way because they have all those barricades and stuff up. You can't. You're not really. You're just watching it, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. But at, like, a club or whatever or general admission where you're all, like, just able to pile in, you feel a part of the show. You know, crowd surfing, all that other stuff. And that's how I feel like AEW kind of makes you feel. You you feel a part of the show. So you can feel those, like, proud moments. Like, yeah, good. You know AEW, too? Great. That's awesome. You're one of those yeah. one point whatever million people is tuning in. That's great. Yeah, and and that's why like I'm so excited for you to go to the show because like you'll you'll like you'll know it once you get there and just and you just feel that energy and just that vibe, but like it's night and day. It's night and day from WWE. Like WWE, like you feel like you know like not that you're you're not embarrassed to be there, but it's like they like it's it's literally just a show, right? Like you're there for a purpose. You're there to fill a role in the show for them. Whereas AEW, it's like you're there with your friends. Like you're there. Like there's so many people. Like when you're winning in line, like you can just st- strike up random conversations with any anyone. It's just like it's just that cool. And of course, like there's people like tailgating it like before and after, like in the parking lots and stuff. So it's just like that party just type vibe. It's like yes, it's a show, but like you're and I guess like you you it, you you are filling a role still, obviously as well. But like you're you're there with them you just so happen to be like in front of a camera you know what i mean so well you'll you'll know when you get there but it's just man like it's so it's so worth the money too so i'm just i'm excited for you to go to and like what better show like you're you're so lucky like that's crazy awesome oh please show. she's saying you're so lucky when she's good saw the cm punk debut no i you have to <laughs> I, I have to ask you i have a whole load of questions obviously about all that but save that for an off the air kind of thing um but yeah, no, I and I hate to drive the point home. And if you like, I always if you like WWE, that's great. That is awesome. Like yeah. I, I wish I wish I could enjoy what they produce. You know, whatever seven hours out of the week that that I spend time watching it for this for this podcast solely at this point. Um, for the highs and lows of the week, obviously not this one. But <laughs> um, but I I just I don't I don't need more. And I have to say. There is nothing really that comes up on Dynamite every now and then, but there's very few things that come on Dynamite or Rampage where if somebody walked in, I'd be embarrassed they were watching. I, they're like, oh, you're watching that? Meanwhile, right. somebody walked walked in and saw like me watching a match between two people and a doll winking on a turnbuckle. Um, you know, it was terrifying, obviously, but yes, the doll winking. Um, oh I still think about it and have nightmares at night, but other than that, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> but I'd be embarrassed. I would be genuinely... I, that is not something... I want anybody to know that I spend my time doing. Uh, however, I'm, I'll tell anybody I'm going to an AEW show. What's that? Oh, it's this actually really cool pro wrestling. Remember that thing that used to go on? Um, so whatever. Nonetheless, we're so off topic. But I love I love being able to just, I, just enjoy pro wrestling again. We talked about that CM Punk moment. I haven't had goosebumps. I haven't. Wrestling, pro wrestling has not brought me to like tears in my eyes like that. I, I can't remember ever. You know, maybe Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair at WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and oh my gosh, just like thinking back on it, like you, you get goosebumps every time. And it's just, 
like it was like a family member coming back that you haven't seen in years, you know, and it's just like like you didn't expect to see, and it's just like it just it's just a, it's just a beautiful thing, yeah. It's just like kind of like you can't even put it into words, just like and to see him tear up and just like see. To see him happy just, like, makes you happy, right? It's, like, yeah. a weird thing. No, no, I heard or I saw something online, too. He, he, they compared it to, like, CM Punk was, like, the, the ex-boyfriend who got away. The yeah, one that got yeah, away. the one that got Absolutely, yeah. So, nonetheless, let's move on with the Dynamite, obviously. And, and we had a Malachi Black promo up uh, next talking about Lee Johnson. He talked about putting the coins on the eyes so he can pay the boatman's toll when he sends Amazing. him to Hades. Um I obviously referring to some of us of I think Tommy N stuff from from more indie stuff pre WWE. Again, I'm not I'm not super familiar on and most of Tommy N stuff, but we haven't gotten to talk about Malachi Black yet. All I'll say is that I rewound rewound yeah that's the <laughs> correct word rewound, rewound that yeah. uh, that Black Mask to um uh what's his name Arn Anderson's kid. Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson. I don't know why. There's something about that guy that just, I just, <laughs> kick him in the face, Malachi. Get him. Get, and yeah. I kept rewinding. and watched again and again and again and again. My fans, I was like, turn the thing off. It's time for bed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just wanted to see him get Poor his head Brock. kicked off. I know. There's something about Brock. It's like. It's He's just, just defending his dad's honor. But he just looks like a guy you want to get kicked in the face. Maybe it's just me, and I'm and I'm an awful human being, but that's not anything new. So we haven't talked anything really about Malachi Black since his debut. So what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Obviously, on of course he's of course he's got to go through the Nightmare Factory or family or whatever before he gets to anything else. However, well, it's your rite of passage. That's how you get through the Golden Gate is absolutely. to start with with the so, Nightmare Family fam- Factory yeah. family. Cody Rhodes' people. Yes. But uh, <laughs> that squash match we never really talked about too. So I, I'm th- your thoughts on this promo, obviously, and just Malachi Black since um since his debut. What do you have? You liked it? Is it not for you? No. Well, I love the promo. I, I love the coins on the eyes. Like I just love how he he just kind of ties everything in together. Kind of like, well, not to compare him um, to Darby Allen directly, but just like they just have like that that dark, sinister way just to kind of like tell a story and just have everything make sense. But of course. Malachi, Malachi just kind of takes it to like a, a darker, like more twisted level, and I just, I just love the references tonight that he had. So, always, I've always been a big fan of him, and yeah, I think it's, I, I think I kind of like how they're progressing with this story. Part of me is concerned maybe Cody is going to get his win back, which again is kind of crazy for me to say because I've always, of course, been like a huge like Cody fan, but with this, I feel like Cody even when he does make his eventual comeback and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. Like I don't, I don't think he should get the win back, but I think I I like how Malachi is going through pretty much like every member of Cody's people (laughs) um, until Cody returns. Cause I think he's only going to be gone a month, right? Or like a little over a month. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know what the timeline is. Yeah. I I think that's what I heard again. Like who, who really knows for sure. Um, But I think that's what like they had, the last thing that I read had mentioned, but I don't know. Like I, I, I like what they're doing right now, but I'm kind of wondering, like, I'm, I'm kind of concerned to be honest with you. Like when Cody comes back, that he is going to get that win back and they may go like a best two out of three, which again, I think would, it would be good match wise, but I kind of want to just see Malachi just dominate and then just kind of move on, you know? Yeah. I hope they don't run that back. Honestly, that's not a match I want to see at least in the near future. However, I I think 
AEW has this luxurious problem right now of they have so many hot stars on their hands, right? Like so many hot prospects. They, uh, Brian Danielson possibly coming in. CM Punk now. They have all these young guys who are just so over. Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, you've got um, Kenny cool. Omega, you've got MJF, obviously. Whatever, and now and Malachi Black too. And they come in with all this momentum. Like Mal- people are behind Malachi Black, heel or not. However, they do a good thing where they don't just shoot them into the title picture, right? Christian Cage right. even had to work to get his title opportunity, and I, and I like the ranking system for that reason. However, like, you kind of can't have these guys on every week then because if they win matches, then they go up in the ranking system, and then they got to be put in the title picture, and you don't want to just – you don't want, like, TNA Part 2, right? So, but with that being said, I'd like to see – I, I think Malachi Black, before the... Because everybody's, like, uh, momentum... I hate that word, but momentum dies down eventually. And, you know, it can be picked back up and whatever else. But, like, even if you think about someone like Eddie Kingston, who's still so hot right now, but he was even hotter before, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so, like, a Malachi Black, who's so hot right now, it feels like going through this nightmare family Cody people thing, it, it's almost like a buffer like, you have to be in the company for a little while before you can go and get a title opportunity, which is fine, and I so get that, and I, and I like the principle behind that, where they don't just shoot these guys to the moon. I think sometimes, though, every now and then, it's okay to shoot one of them to the moon. And I'd like to see Malachi Black, let's say Eddie Kingston wins the uh, TNT title, I'd like to see Malachi Black take it off him right away. Uh, I think Malachi hmm. Black would be a great TNT championship. I think, you know how every uh, champion, I'm going way off now, you know how every champion has had their own kind of TNT title? Yeah. Uh, Miro's is now white, Darby Allen had the red one, Cody had the original one, like, right? Imagine a black TNT title with, like, maybe oh, a couple, yes. like, even, I, I hate to go Undertaker style, but, like, maybe even just white or purple accents on it. That would be so cool. Oh, absolutely. It totally would. And, like, I, I hope they get to a point where you can start, like, buying replicas or something like that. Like, that just, just thinking about that would be awesome. But, like, yeah, like, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I hadn't even actually really thought about that, but I could... I absolutely see Malachi being a, like a, just a dominant TNT champion as well, and, and not for nothing. I think even if if Eddie didn't win, it was just Malachi versus Miro. Like I just imagine that match. I just feel like that would be like horrid hitting. So I just I'm excited for Malachi, and that's why I'm kind of concerned with this feud. Like I, I kind of like wish he would have beat Cody. Cody go off, do whatever Cody needs to do, and then Malachi kind of moves on and does whatever he's going to do, and then, and if, you know, they're going to revisit it when Cody comes back, you know, go from there, but, yeah, I don't know. I I just, I kind of just want to see him just have, like, a, a direct path and a direct goal. Yeah, I, 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 I like the, um, the premise of it, like, putting the old horse out, essentially, like, uh, oh, yeah. And, like, taking old Yeller out back kind of idea. I, I like that. And I almost feel like he could do his own version of, like, the Legend Killer. I think that would be really interesting. If MJF, you know, didn't retire Chris Jericho, you could have Malachi Black Chris Jericho next, maybe. And then maybe that's what sets him out. I Eventually, I want to see Malachi Black versus CM Punk. But I think Malachi yes. Black should go over. So I don't know if I want to see that yet. Uh, who else? Just any of these kind of... I don't want to say, like, Christian Cage. I think Christian Cage, Malachi Black next would be awesome, right? And uh, and have Malachi Black, again, go over. Just taking out these kind of older, like, older wrestlers, let me put it that way. And even if it's not necessarily older wrestlers, like, maybe he takes out Big Show, or I, I don't about, know. I was just about to say, I could really, I think that Mark him and Henry? Paul White would be a, good, a fun match. Yeah, just no, a fun absolutely. Contrast. 
I think that would be a good, like a good, a good match. And then there's people who, like, uh, like when he took out Arn Anderson, and then having the match with Cody, that makes sense to me. Or or in Brock mm-hmm. too, that was great. That was the greatest. I mean, it was a terrible main event, and the whole thing. Speaking of which, I wanted to mention too. I like that he talked about the fact that he exited the ring when Lee Johnson got in. And it wasn't because he was scared of him. It was because he decides when they fight or something like that. Yes. Whatever. It wasn't turn, great. Yeah. But because that last week's Dynamite sucked. And that was weird. Um, that d- didn't really work for me. So, all right. Well, next up we had, speaking of, from from super hot talent, from Guy, who's got a lot of potential in this company, to QT Marshall. Uh, <laughs> QT yeah. Marshall and the factory in the ring. They call out Paul White, uh, heavyweight to heavyweight. That was that was good. I'm, I'll, I'll give <laughs> no, him credit. That, yeah, he's not bad. I, before we get in, I'm not trying to rib on QT Marshall. I re, I really th- I'm not going to call it right. I can't do the Marshall thing on the show and try to take it seriously. Um, but I'm not ribbing like he's. I I feel so bad. I feel like I attack Matt Hardy on the show. Oh, that's another great one from Malachi Black. Um, oh, I'd yeah. rewind that probably a couple times as well. Uh, <laughs> For ooh, Daniel Brian Danielson, Malachi and Sting. Yeah, Malik. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> that would be, like, if I could make a live photo, my, like, my wallpaper, I just had that, that playing over and over and over. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally see it. It's a whole, now I'm just going to make a podcast of me naming people I want, Malachi Black to Black Mass. A special episode. God, I don't know if you can hear that. It sounds like gunshots outside my house. I don't think it is. I think it's just a car oh. backfiring, but pray for me. <laughs> Um, uh, well, yes. Maybe <laughs> anyways, QT Marshall calls out Paul White. He's with the rest of the factory. Paul White comes out. He does that whole big show thing where he throws everybody off. The Mark Henry special. Uh, and then, you know, starts knocking people out. Swats uh, Aaron Solo off the top rope with one hand. And then, weird, like, the gun club come out afterwards. I felt that, it was, I was like, alright, that's weird. And then, I knew something was up. When uh, they kept the camera on them. Because AEW yes. cuts away from stuff so quickly. Yeah, I was like, alright, something's going on here. And in true Seth Rollins form, Billy Gunn hits uh, Big Show in the hip with the steel chair from behind. And then across <laughs> the head. What? Tell, tell, what? Am I, did I miss something? That's what I thought. And like, I, I don't know what this says about me, but like. The fact that he hit him in the hip just tickled me. Like, I legit had, like, <laughs> chuckled when he hit him in the hip. Because it's, like, really, like, I mean, I get it, but I don't know. It just, I wasn't expecting the hip, right? I mean, not that I was expecting any of it. I because... expected, like, like it's a reverberate off it because it's, like, yeah. metal on metal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. You But, yeah, so I completely, like, out of left field, it made me, it honestly made me feel like I missed, like, a whole story or, like, a whole chapter somewhere, and I was like, damn, like, did I, like, fall asleep during a show at some point? Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't, like, where did this come from? So, I, I have no idea what I missed and, and where this is going, but it's just kind of, just kind of surreal to see Billy Gunn and, and Paul White in, in the ring together on TV in 2021. It's just, it's just kind of crazy. Wrestling is just so surreal sometimes. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely wasn't expecting this either. And I don't really know how to feel about it. I'm, I'm, if nothing else, I'm happy that, like, I guess Billy Gunn and his, his boys, um, Colton and, is it Austin? I have no Gunn? idea. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Colton and, gosh, the other one. I think, I don't know, I could be off. But, yeah, the, the, the gun club are heels. Because it's just kind of fitting, right? Like, they're, it's, like, 
they wouldn't, I mean, a lot of people have said, like, they wouldn't really be in the position that they're in if Billy Gunn wasn't their father, so why not play it up, you know? Even if that's not 100% true, go with it. Yeah, I don't think QT Marshall would be there either. I'm not even saying that that's the story, sorry. No, it's okay. I don't think QT Marshall would be in the spot he was if he didn't have some kind of say backstage. Cody, yeah, yeah. And, Apparently and, him and Cody are like best friends. Yeah, and I'm not, I really, it sounds like it, but I'm really not ribbing on him. I forgot to mention, too, uh, he, he hits the diamond cutter, kind of, um, with a lot of help. <laughs> it just looked bad. So Real be, quick, how do you feel about him having that as his finisher? I think that it sounds like if you are a professional wrestler who has respect for the business, normally if you're going to use someone's move like that, you get some kind of permission, like uh, Kevin Owens and the Who's Stunner. Who's still active, yeah. Especially if someone's still active. So, so, I mean, technically, right, you, are you talking about, da- like, Dallas Page, or are you talking about Randy Orton? I, well, I guess maybe, not not Dallas Page, but, I mean, because if nothing else, like, Randy Orton ripped off Dallas Page, or I don't know if he asked permission, whatever, that's, and maybe Probably not even not just that, but just Randy Orton was Randy Orton at the time, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think just hitting, just him having that as the finisher as a whole, because the whole not even the fact that it's like Randy Orton or if he asked permission, but just the fact that like Randy Orton's still an active wrestler, it's Randy Orton, and like it's the RKO where it's kind of not saying it's the Stone Cold level or Stone Cold Stunner level, but it's like the RKO out of nowhere, right? Like ESPN had a segment on it, like the whole RKO out of nowhere with like the little gif with Randy, like so. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of. I don't know how I feel about it. That that that's his finish. I just feel like I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's it just doesn't me. fit. Yeah, you it just have something fit. different. Yeah, and he not saying that no one else can have too. it, but yeah, yeah it's it just kind of weird. Yeah, with Randy, like that's a great point with Randy Orton. So and Randy Orton, the RKO is 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 again it's just the diamond cutter but is is probably one of the greatest finishers of all time ever it's just so and it's memeable i'll never forget that commercial and then there's some guy like rkoing a mannequin in a store i'm like that's yeah i want to do that i want to go into my local mall and do that but i don't have the balls to do that so yeah i i think it's great it just doesn't fit qt marshall you know i i i think it's a really safe maneuver too which is helpful but um, the guy's a pro. It's not like he needs that. I think he could pull something else off or whatever. I, I, I honestly feel like the stunner would have been better because at least you could be like, yeah, I'm using the Stone Cold Stunner. You know what I mean? Or like a rock bottom, you know? I, I just, yeah. I, I think it would have fit better because it, it would have been more like, oh, this, you know, prick is using Stone Cold Stunner. You know what I mean? Uh, versus yeah. like uh, someone, I don't know. It's just such a weird choice to choose. But um. But yeah, this this to me, my I guess my question to you because I'm so I if I spend any more time talking about QT Marshall on this podcast, um, do you think this is going to be a 10 second match with a KO punch, or do you think that um, QT Marshall is going to work the hip for a good 20 minutes? It's gonna we're going to get a comeback, you know? Well, how do you think this is going to go down? A little pre all out preview. Well, they're, they're, they had mentioned, like, there's possibility, like, Big Show, like, they, they mentioned, like, can he even make it to All Out? So part of me wonders if this isn't, like, a way out for them to not even, like, have the match on the card to begin with. So that's kind of, like, what I thought maybe they were setting up just in case. Like, I don't know, it's just, like, cause AEW doesn't really, aren't like, they aren't really known to do, like, injury angles or, like, like last-minute attacks like that. I mean, they're known to do, like, you know, like, gang attacks and stuff like that, but not, like... 
specifically like targeting i don't know it was just it just kind of took me off guard and especially how much they're mentioning like they mentioned it a few times like they you know what does this mean for for paul white for for all out so but if if they do i think it is just going to be a quick ko punch here maybe 10 15 seconds max and then it's just a way just to kind of like I guess like a, a quick like letdown. I'm gonna say like a letdown moment, just kind of like a feel good moment. Maybe Big Shot or Paul White gets his redemption and they just kind of move on. Yeah, apparently moves on to have a you know a classic with the Gun Club. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I assume we're gonna get a two on one handicap match at one point, and then we'll get a match with Billy Gunn. Why is where is Sammy Guevara? Where is Hikaru Shida? Uh, she's on Dark. Why is she? Why is QT Marshall? Like, here's my thing with this whole thing. I was fine with this as I was so much kinder to this than a lot of other people were when the first, like, the angle started. I said, all right, fine. We're going to get this. This is how much time you took up on Dynamite. Maybe we have a cute little thing here and there until we lead up to All Out. 15-second match in between two long, like a pack Andrade, which we're not even getting at All Out anymore. But with, the, you know, two two big matches, you have something like this in between. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But then they took up. 20 minutes of TV time, it felt like, on multiple Dynamites now. When, again, where's Sammy Guevara, you know, and, and where is a car sheet? Why can't you have two women's matches on a card? That's an idea, you know? Where are all these other uh, young, up-and-coming talents? Why is Britt Baker not live? Why is she backstage doing a promo Why like that? Why is she always in the back, yes. But QT Marshall gets, like, what feels like 20 minutes on Dynamite. To what? To hit the RKO on Paul White? 2021? <laughs> It just, it's the time allotted. I think there's two, this is what I was saying in the beginning of the show when we were talking about the WCW thing. This is where I get concerned, you know, uh, yeah. with guys just having to, like this nepotism or whatever is going on backstage. That's like, cause again, I don't know about you. I could care less about Paul White versus Billy Gunn. I, I legitimately would rather watch, no, I would rather watch a- NXT maybe. I'd rather watch a match on NXT. Well, because yeah, my thing is, like, I'm sitting here trying to remember, like, and I'm I'm com- maybe completely spacing, so I, I apologize, but, like, why are Big Show and QT Marshall even feuding to begin with? Like, what prompted Big Show to come out again? It was like, the Tony Schiavone thing. Oh, you know what? Tony- you might have been buying a shirt. Maybe it was on Rampage, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Tony Schiavone's son was at ringside... Tony Schiavone was there. Maybe it was a different Rampage, or maybe it was a different Dynamite. I, I think it was know, on maybe. Rampage, though. And uh, and Tony Schiavone's son came to the ring or something because QT Marshall was like, supposed to apologize to him. Oh, for, like, that's four... right. It started then... with the protein shake. That's right. Okay. So Big Show was, or Paul White was defending Tony Schiavone and Tony's son. That's right. Yes, but he came out after QT Marshall hit the diamond cutter. So... Didn't mm. he? He essentially pulled what the gun club did on him on Tony Giovanni. It was a really bad save. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't <laughs> why again. I don't. I, I don't have know. to go back and rewatch it. I'm gonna go back and rewatch. Don't you don't have to do it. that, Ashley? Don't worry okay. about it. Um, just watch okay. a Road Two. I'm sure there's a lot, plenty of time. True effects. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention before I skimmed over it, but there was the um the uh, match with Orange Cassidy and uh, Jack Evans. And really, the only notable thing about this was that Orange Cassidy won by a small package. But during the picture-in-picture, uh, picture, yes, I'd love yes. to hear your thoughts on this first, actually. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was different. And I think if you're going to try something like that, like, I mean, no disrespect, especially Orange Cassidy, because I think he's 
pretty entertaining for you know what his character is um I thought it was pretty cool like it it, it just kind of reminds you especially with AEW like you you have to stay tuned in like they beat you over the head with reminding you like they're you know they're going in the picture and picture and they're only gonna be gone for 90 seconds or whatever it is so they now it all makes sense you know like because they are stressing the point where yeah we don't know anything could happen at any time essentially and, and it kind of proved that they were right you know like I don't think it it wasn't like a monumental thing for me and like a, a, this groundbreaking thing but I thought it was pretty cool you know some people were like really hating on it and just like so negative like I don't see the big deal and just like I don't know like I don't I thought it was pretty cool for what it was but I mean, and, and, and it kind of, like, and, and if nothing else, it kind of gives you that incentive on wanting to go to this show even even that much more because you may see something that we don't see at home. So I just, I think it, it was it's cool for what it was, but I don't see them doing it, like, every week. No, I, I, I'm 100%. I think this was genius. I think it's genius for advertisements. You can say, or oh, we're having, like, you have to tune, they, people will actually be watching the picture-in-picture. Picture. Look, mm-hmm. we have matches ending and starting during picture-in-picture picture or whatever. So I think it's a great business move. And I think, like you said, I think they couldn't have cast these two people better for this finish. You have Orange Cassidy, who's probably more entertaining live. He's definitely entertaining on your TV, don't get me wrong. But more entertain- he's better to be in the live audience for. So the live audience still gets to watch all that and be with that. And then you have Jack Evans, who is part of the HFO, and, and you know, that's a whole other thing. So, obviously, after the match as well, too, the HFO had a beatdown, and Jurassic Express came out, even the odds, and, and uh, but then they beat down Orange Cassidy, and we're going to get that 10-man on the uh, on the opener. So, a lot of beats down, a lot of beatdowns this show, it felt like. Um, a lot of heel beatdowns, actually. So, let's get to the real, the real reason why you and I are both here. The real reason why we continue to watch the show every week. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Interviewed by Tony Schiavone in the back. Um, she talks about how Rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter are going to be in the uh, uh, Casino Battle Royale. That, um, you know, she's basically like, well, Jamie Hayter basically has a chance to win. Rebel's not going to win. And Rebel's like, mm-hmm, <laughs> so she's great. got a point. She, I love Rebel just owned it. It's like, yeah. pr- probably got a point. Uh, watch Rebel win. How funny would that be? That'd be amazing. Uh, and then she says that uh, she she's so smart. She knows what she's doing here, right? She says that she's got information on a free agent that just signed a major multi-year contract. And that free agent is her. Not not, not her boyfriend, not just her. So good. She knows exactly what she's doing. Um, she says that Tony Khan lets her book whatever match she wanted. So she has a, Chris Statlander has a handicap match against Jamie Hayter and Rebel on Friday. I didn't like that part as much, the Golden Girl thing. I, I, don't, I don't want... I don't know. I hope they don't do a theme where these like wrestlers can do things like that. I don't want any like it. it so it feels like Tony Khan's becoming too much of an authority figure in a weird way. But I did love. I thought this was genius with the Adam Cole stuff going on, obviously. Yeah, and I part of me kind of hopes they play it up a little bit more. Like I hope she kind of drops more hints leading up to maybe not like weekly, but like you know, like in, especially depending on how far out it is. If he, if I'm just gonna say until he does debut, hmm. and I just, I just think it would be cool just to have because obviously, like you're if you're an AEW fan right now, you know the relationship, you know the history, all that good stuff. So. I just think it would be cool to have her like just just like mention like kind of just like make offhand references like she just you know, like just have her mention like say the words Bay Bay or just kind of like play it oh, in that's or good. just that's a great shout 
just have like or just end it like with her DMD and then Bebe just like just to end the segment just just I don't know like I just feel like you could have a lot of fun with it and especially with the type of character that Britt Baker is since they really don't want us to know for certain if she is a heel or a baby face I mean I, I think they I think it's one of those things where like she's supposed to be a heel obviously right but it's like you know cheer her if you want type thing like they don't really care mm-hmm. um but they're you know they have to cast her depending on what she's doing so I don't know. I just think that you could really just get a lot of mileage out of it. But then it's like, do you really want to have them correlated? Because I think, like, if you were to do that, then you just, like, completely break it off. Like, uh, Seth and Becky right now, like, everyone knows they're together, but, like, you, you they're not, like, a couple. You know what I mean? Because Britt Baker is uh, phenomenal on her own, and I don't want to see her. Not that this year would be depending on Adam Cole, but, like, I just want her star to be solely on her and just, like, just have her just shine, you know what I mean, and not have anything to do with Adam unless it's, like, in passing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think she is a big enough star that that it wouldn't affect her, if that makes any sense. Like, if anything, I, I just, I don't think she ever, she could never, in, in AEW, she could never be referred to as Adam Cole's girlfriend. I think... Adam Cole can be referred to as Britt Baker's boyfriend. I really believe that. Yeah. And I know I'm a mark for Britt Baker, but I really, I really think she's a big enough star in that company. Again, that that someone even with the biggest name like Adam Cole wouldn't it wouldn't affect her much. I really don't think. And I think that's I love the Bay Bay shout. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, similar to the CM Punk thing with the Cookie Monster shirts and the uh, yeah. chick magnets. I don't I don't necessarily need it to be as outright. And I think having the Young Bucks do, uh, I don't know if you saw the stuff that they did on Twitter with the bio and all that stuff, and she quote tweeted it and whatever else. Um, a couple other people may be making a reference or two, but again, very, very low-key, I think would be great. I don't, I think it's a smart marketing tactic like they did with the CM Punk thing, but I don't think they should do it every single time. However, I, I think uh, I think this was great. I just, I love this. It's she knows exactly what she's doing, and, and she's she's the greatest. We love Britt Baker here, and I will never get it. Will never get old watching Tony Schiavone do the DMD thing. No, I love Tony. I meant to mention that earlier. I as much as you love Tony, I do too. Like I had one of his. I bought one of his T-shirts. The it was the um the oh gosh the freshly squeezed one with his little logo and him the thumbs up. Yeah, I just had to. Like I'm a, I'm a big big Tony fan. He just he stole my heart. I'm a big Tony fan. So yeah, like I and I love that he loves Britt Baker. It just makes it that much better. Yeah, you can't he's just such a you can't hate the guy. He's just, no, just so he's wonderfully like neutral except when it comes to MJF and we love that. Yes. Um and Don Callis, which we also love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the women's division, we have Penelope Ford versus Tay Conti. Ty every time, damn it. Ty Conti oh, next. So um and I thought this was a pretty good match. I, I think the only thing I'll say, and I'll throw it over to you, is to me, I think Penelope Ford, and I, I am like a bunny fan, man. I am a fan of the bunny, and every single time I say that, it's weird to me. But I, I think the bunny's great. I really do. And I never thought someone with the name the bunny could be so over in my head. But she is. I think she's a great hand, a really good utility player. And so is Penelope Ford, though. And I think this... um. This team is great. Penelope Ford does that split thing, and I, every part of me hurts watching that. But uh, mm. when she enters the ring, but Ty Conti is so over, and I and they did that stop start thing with her, and they do it. There's no women's division here. We're not going to get into that, I guess. But uh, but I think the only thing I'd say about this match that that maybe I'd give it a down for or a, you know a strike for is that Ty Conti 
I think they're all they're all the most of the women on the roster are still so green, including Britt Baker. Um and I think they I'd rather just see them get the fundamentals right than see this like innovative offense. And I don't know if you get that vibe too, but like I, I think it's great and I think you should be ambitious. But I think who's ever helping agent these matches together and stuff needs to just like reel it back a little bit. Let's just get the fundamental stuff down where it, when you slap your thigh, when you kick the person, you know, and, and how to make it look like you're actually kicking them and how to sell it better and the footwork and all these other things rather than, excuse me, all these, all these fancy moves that Ty tries to, tries to do. But I think she's over for sure. And of course, as well, we had the return only seven months. She was projected, I think if I'm right, to be out for an entire year. Anna Jade is back and going to be in the Casino Battle Royale. So what do you think of the, 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 uh, third hour women's match mandatory women's match on this dynamite <laughs> yeah no yeah I'm, i kind of agree with you i i was a fan of it also i thought ty conte is oh, excuse me ty conte has really improved this past year i think mm-hmm. she's probably been excuse me her and red velvet probably in my opinion in the past year in the women's division specifically have just really improved a lot and i just it's it's exciting to see because ty is just one of those wrestlers i think that you just you can kind of watch her progress and just kind of grow and become a fan with her so i think it'd be cool to see how she progresses going forward um and just like what you said about anna jay i I think she was projected to be out at least a year so kudos to her for coming back so soon and being involved in the casino battle royale so and i i don't know did you expect her to turn on conti or did you just expect it to play out as normal and just you know happy go lucky I didn't just because, right, they're booking Britt Baker as a heel. And I'm going to continue to say that they're booking her as a heel. I'm not going to call her a heel. Um, but they're booking her as a heel. So they want babyface challengers. And they're going to continue to feed her babyface challengers that are going to get turned on, like Red Velvet did uh, in mm-hmm. Britsburg, Pennsylvania, of all places. And she played a yeah. great situational heel, by the way. You know, besides that, uh, I don't even think it was in that match. I think it was actually the match the next week on Dynamite or maybe the next week on Rampage, she botched that moonsault. But um, otherwise, I thought she, like, really played the part super well. Um, And I think, think, yeah, they're going to keep feeding Britt Baker these baby faces. I think you've got probably a Ty Conti match later on. I think they might run Sheeta back because I think Sheeta and her can put on an even better match. I think they're going to run with Anna Jade at one point and obviously Chris Statlander now. And then maybe, maybe they'll be weird and book Jake Cargill with a heel versus someone who's being booked as a heel match. Uh, and then I think we're going to get the turn from uh, 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 Jamie Hader is going to turn on Britt Baker. And, uh, and I'm not saying she's going to take the title off her, but I don't know if you watch that match uh, against Red Velvet. And I'm talking about with the Moonsault botch. But, you know, Red Velvet didn't look great necessarily in that match. And again, like you said, I think she's progressed immensely. I am, a, again, a huge Red Velvet fan. Uh, but... Jamie Hader looked incredible in that match. No, she did. I'm a, I, to be honest with you, like, I had forgotten about Jamie this past year. And even back when she first, when I was, like, we were first introduced to her, I wasn't really that familiar with her. So I, I still now I'm thinking about I need to go back and probably get a little bit more familiar with her. But she just looks the part, if nothing yeah. else. So I think that they could, I think that they could ride this out for a while, like you said, and then kind of just have, just just Jamie there and maybe do like a like a what they were gonna do with like 
like I don't even I can't I don't even know if I should say this. <laughs> Forgive me. But like a, a Dewdrop and Eva Marie were like Oh God. <laughs> I was gonna can we change the comparison? I was gonna say Batista and Triple H evolution. Um, okay. Which yeah, isn't we're much gonna... better. But we're you know with the crowd the entire time I hate to cut you off, sorry, with the crowd the entire time was like Batista, just turn. Just turn, yes. just turn. He was so yes. over. So, and then he wins the rumble and all that stuff. And you're like, Triple H is like being an, you know, uh, a prick, um, mm-hmm. or whatever behind, it's just behind his back and all this stuff. And then finally we see the turn. So it doesn't, I don't want her, if Britt Baker, atta- we're booking way out now, but if Britt Baker attacks her and that's the babyface turn, I'm going to be angry. Yeah, no, you can't do that. You, you can't, you have to have a much stronger you have to have a much stronger opponent for her. Like, and, and unless you do wonders with Jamie up until that point, but I don't think, I don't think that's a strong I, I turn hate that baby. Her. That's like the worst baby face turn that you can do yeah. for someone. What? You got outsmarted and now you're a baby face. I'm supposed yeah. to root for you because you were stupid not to see it coming. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. No. I, and I don't think, I think that AEW and especially, I think that they, with, with Britt's character, I think that they've built up enough trust, like, and hopefully that they, they know better not to do something like that to us. But if they were, I would be extremely disappointed and let down. But I think we, I think Britt, in, in and of itself, though, she's going to hold that title for, I think, quite some time. And I don't know. I, I think, if, if anything, it may be a Thunder Rosa, maybe a double turn, if if, if anything. Because I don't really see who else could take the title off of her at this point. Unless they're going to do, like, a Ruby Soho. Like, have Ruby come back and then build to that. And have ba- uh, Ruby as the baby face and just keep Britt as a heel. But... I don't know. I think you want to keep the title on Brit for as long as you can. Yeah, 100%. And I think all of this would be so much help with, uh, and we'll talk about Ruby Soho later on, obviously, too, but all of this would be so, like, there's just so e- so much easier if they had more than one match on Dynamite, if we got to see, if they told stories in the yeah. women's division. Imagine, like, remember that Red Velvet Jade Cargill story with the, even, it was around Shaquille O'Neal, out of all people, and it was still, I, I was, I was, hyped up for that match i think on that yeah. dynamite that was the match i was most excited for and i thought they delivered like beyond delivered in fact again it was a little bit botchy here and there but like i'm okay with that it's not always about the moves it's about the story so re- realistically and i and again we'll talk about the predictions later on but chris statlander doesn't feel like a credible challenger whatsoever and she is incredible in the ring especially in comparison to the other women on the uh, on the roster right now it's not a slight on anybody, obviously, but a lot of these women just haven't uh, don't have as many reps. But Chris Statlander looks great, is awesome, but she doesn't feel like a threat to the title at all because they haven't told the story. Why would they take the title off someone like Britt Baker to give it to Chris Statlander for, for what, you know? So right. I, I think I, I'm with you. I think Thunder Rosa, double turn, that would be ambitious for sure. I'm I'm if there was a match we, there that unsanctioned match I was rooting for Brick Baker the entire time I I'm not yeah. you know to me I'm more emotionally involved or emotionally involved emotionally what's the word I'm looking for and I guess emotionally it. involved attached yeah to Britt Baker and both 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 make me sound creepy uh, to Britt Baker than I am to Thunder Rosa without a doubt because where's Thunder Rosa been very we saw a match here or there but she just signed with AEW officially but still she could have competed. Just, well, she's been on, like, dark and, like, elevation. Oh, and, you know, again, it's it's called dark. <laughs> it couldn't be more clear <laughs> know, that so many people don't watch it. Yeah, I no, I agree. I agree 100%. And the only reason I know this is because I was there for one of the tapings for it. So that, that's why I know. I gotcha. Yeah, and it's, it's so I'd like to watch more. But, again, it's not necessarily – but it's not my fault for not watching or your fault or anybody's fault for not watching dark. They should – 
fill us in about that. Or, I don't know, put the women on dynamite. That would be great. Just just, just the thought. But Or air more clips from Dark and Elevation on on dynamite and rampage if it's that important then like to force us like okay like i mean still not excusing it but like okay like now it's on me like if i'm that invested in a thunder rosa like i at least know that she's being aired somewhere you know what i mean if not like i'm not gonna know she's just not on tv yeah advertise all that stuff and i know they did a little do a little bit on stuff on twitter but they have the results there we've talked about this before at the bottom but they don't that that's kind of not. That's the only reason I knew about Sammy Guevara and uh, Fuego del Sol. But they don't. That's the only thing I can remember from all of that. So, uh, and Hikaru Shida was apparently on Dark too. So, um, oh. but obviously Ty Conti got the win, uh, and then we had the Anna Jade come back, like I said, and then Thunder Rosa being interviewed backstage uh, with Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill basically beat her up and then go face to face, and they and they basically set this up for I guess for the Casino Battle Royale. I don't I don't have many thoughts on this. Did you want to say anything regarding uh? Regarding the two the two monsters of the women's division here, no, not really. I say that with all like as complimentary just... as possible. By the way, um, yeah. So then we get the hype up for Rampage, all out, all of that, and uh, and John Moxley's homecoming uh, in uh, Cincinnati. Was right? It was Cincinnati, I think. Yeah, Cincinnati. Um, and because he lives in Las Vegas now, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I. Based yep. on yeah, he's from Ohio. Uh, and then we had our main event. Uh, which was Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus, and, and the Lucha Bros versus the Elite, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. And this was a wow. Like, again, I couldn't, I couldn't try to name uh, and, uh, all the spots in this match that were incredible. I think the, um, without a doubt, the, the match on Rampage between Jurassic Express and uh, Lucha Bros was much better than this. But this, because this was very convoluted. However, Ray freaking Phoenix, man, I just like, he's like ASMR he's to unreal. me, but the most exhilarating kind. I can't explain it. He's like, it's so calming to watch what he does, but at the same time, I'm like, my adrenaline goes through the roof because it's just like, how do you even describe what he does when he bounces like on one side of the ropes to the other and then on his back and then he jumps up on the other side and then he does a flippy thing and then he <laughs> arm drop, like what? This right. man is, he, and then when he hit that, uh, he hits a double cutter on both the Young Bucks he levitates i swear he's like he floats in the air for a minute like like no human being should he just the man defies gravity he just doesn't believe in gravity um and so the elite win this match though with the Meltzer driver the young bucks hit the Meltzer driver on ray phoenix they get the pinfall on the challenger i did not expect that that was a bold move um but uh i love that spot too where ray phoenix he dodges the bte trigger and they both of their knees hit each other both the young bucks knees hit each other uh, Luchasaurus is a gem, obviously. All good things to say about Luchasaurus. And Luke Gallows took more bumps in this match than I think I've seen him take in the last six months. So that's all my thoughts on this before we get to the post-match beatdown, obviously. What did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on this one. Ray Phoenix, man, he just he always stands out. He's always, it doesn't matter who is involved in the entire match. He's just always the thing that you, you remember the most, or if not the most, like you, like you'll think about like, maybe like what happened, like for instance, like after the match, right? But like, if you talk about the match itself, like it's always him. So yeah. it's just kudos to him. And it's, it's just amazing. Like you said, you can't even describe what he does. It's like a kid with a remote control, right? Just hitting all these buttons. And that's and exactly what it is. Things. And he just does all these crazy things on the ropes that like shouldn't be possible, but he does. And he just hits every time. And 
he has a way of making it look like he has to do it to hit the move. And, like, when he hits the move, like, it's impactful. Whereas, like, some people will just do, like, do, like, 15 handsprings and then just from, like, corner to corner just to get to the opponent and just do, like, a regular elbow. You know what I mean? So it's like you're really not building momentum. But with him, it's like he's literally winding up just to hit him. So it's just uh, it's just amazing. And I, I don't know. I could be completely, like, wrong for not knowing this offhand. But I has he fought, like, Rey Mysterio one-on-one or, like, any type of in- involvement with Rey? Not that I know of. If he has, it's been in AAA, Before. but I feel like I probably would have heard of it because I'm such yeah. a freaking Ray Phoenix fan at this point. But um, I don't think so. But I, I do think that the argument can be made that he has surpassed Rey Mysterio, and luchador-wise at least. Obviously, again, times are different and, and styles are different. And what Rey Mysterio was doing at the time, and, and Eddie Guerrero and a lot of those guys at the time too, but especially Rey Mysterio, were things that we'd never seen before. And mm-hmm. without a Rey Mysterio, we probably don't have a Rey Phoenix, at least to the extent that we do. Because, you know, you watch other people wrestle and you probably learn what they did and then you add on to it and whatever else. But, I mean, the stuff Rey Phoenix can do, I've never seen another luchador, wrestler, anybody be able to do that. Speaking of which, there was a dinosaur that did a moonsault in this match. So, it yeah. seems like a theme here. Yeah. So, no, I don't I don't think he has, but I I. I, I pay to see that i don't care Rey Mysterio still looks great by the way oh my gosh it, it's it's unreal like i was watching some old old matches from like 2008 2009 the other night and just like he looks so much better now than he does back then and even back then he was Rey Mysterio right so just to, to think about that now and like how long he's been doing this he's been wrestling since he was like 15 years old 16 years old like it's Literally insane what this guy does. It's just, you know, how can you not respect him? But, yeah, so I didn't mean to get completely off, offhand again, but the match itself is, of course, the the what you would expect from the guys involved. But up until the very end, and I guess I'm kind of going to steal a little bit of your thunder and just kind of go into the, after the match, I was getting really upset because I thought we weren't going to really hear anything from Kenny Omega and, and Christian regarding, like, the actual title match. And at least see Kenny Omega come out. And it was just kind of really bothering me that, in my opinion, it just kind of feels like the title is an afterthought right now. And like we were kind of briefly discussing um, before we started recording, there is, you know, of course, speculation, you know, with Dana Bryan coming out and everything like that. And Tony Khan himself has has said that, you know, the way I think he said something like the way either All Out is going to end or something's going to happen at All Out, you know, like we're going to be happy, essentially. I just, yeah, and I'm of course don't get me wrong. Like I'd love to see Brian Danielson, of course, come back, but I just feel like it's your title match still. Like the title should always be the the most important thing, and or if not, like the most like one A one B type thing. You know what I mean? Just kind of parallel. So it's just kind of one of those things. That I don't know if maybe I just read too much into it or just kind of <laughs> take like too personally, but. I don't know. Until he came out, I was really bothered, and and I'm I'm happy he did come out, and you know they they ended it the way they did. But I was just kind of concerned that we weren't even going to see Kenny leading into All Out. No, I, I I hear that. It's funny. I and you know what? To your point, I hadn't I hadn't even thought about it. Again, I was watching Ray Phoenix, so that probably played a part in it. But um, before we get get into the post match, the last thing I'll say is that um. I feel like the Young Bucks and the and we again obviously we've seen I have to go I don't think I watched that ladder match that they mentioned 
And so I got to go back and watch that. But I've watched a bunch of their other matches, obviously. And they've had they've had incredible matches in the past, like unbelievable matches, like just especially Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix stuff. That, and we got a oh my quick gosh. glimpse Unreal. of it, obviously, in this tag team match, the back and forth between them, the stuff that those two guys can do in the ring. And, and I Nick and no, as no, well is just yeah, underrated. No slight on Matt at all, obviously, or, or and, and Penta to me, Penta is the better character. I think, and Ray Phoenix is the more exciting. So they're a perfect um, team for each like other, obviously. Like Matt and Jeff. Exactly. Matt was the better character. Jeff is just Jeff, you know? Exactly. And Phoenix is just Phoenix. Exactly. So, so I'm... I just... I am more hyped about this match than I was already because of just watching the way that they were in the ring uh, last night. I thought it was just... Just some of the stuff that they pulled off, you know what I mean, with that, like... Even some of the stuff on Rampage that he pulled off with Jurassic Express, both Penta and um, and Ray, but uh, obviously this match too. Just the the chemistry those teams have, like I almost feel like FTR and Proud and Powerful like need that. They just that's what they're missing is they don't maybe have that kind of just natural bred chemistry. It's kind of like again not to talk about Charlotte Flair again, but here we go. When we talk about so someone just has like that natural ability, it's the same thing. It's just something you can't buy, you can't. Whatever, it, when two teams, two opponents, two whatever, have that natural chemistry, like a, like a Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, I think they're in unbelievable form. And I think that this match at All Out could be, you know, tag team match of the year, if not decade. I don't mean to, like, hype it up too much and try to be... I'm, I, I doubt I'll be disappointed because it's Ray Phoenix and a steel cage. But, like, I'm I, that's the match I am most hyped, out, uh, hyped for at All Out, without a doubt. No, I, I'm right there with you. And I, I'm like you said, I think it's interesting that it's a steel cage. And, I, and of course, like the whole story and the content makes sense. I love but that like, too. Yeah. 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 But you would just think like, of course, since they're high flying, like it would be something like a ladder match or something like that. So I just think it's cool. Like, I don't know if maybe they, I don't know, like, cause to me, they they aren't really going with the obvious with this one. It's maybe they are in a way, but I don't know, like with the with the teams involved, you would have thought something other than a, a steel cage. So I just think it's going to be cool to see what they do inside. Cause it, it's going to be brutal too. So I just can't wait to see it. I think like you said, it, it's, it has a very high chance of stealing the show. Yeah. I really thought the uh, Jurassic Express had a chance of winning it. I, I thought that my, me too. I had my hopes obviously for the Lucha Bros. And I think I let my hopes take, take that over, but they really had me with the story that they were telling uh, with the, you know, all the interference. And I think AEW, again, before we get into this, I like feel like I'm going on another tangent here, but they they hear us. They listen. We're sick of the, like, outside interference. Not only do they hear that, right? Like, that time Aaron Solo, I felt, like, interfered, interfered on, like, three different matches in one night. I was like, oh, my God, this is enough. It was a Friday yeah. Night Dynamite, but still. Um, however, like, they, they not only do they hear us, but then they make a match about it. So, it's just so... It's so, it's the details. It is so, it's, I just, I feel rewarded as a fan of this company a lot of the time. So I feel, I would feel happy if I was wearing an AEW shirt and in three different states, someone pointed it out to me. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So post-match, Kenny Omega comes down to celebrate, obviously, the win with the Young Bucks and, uh, and the Bullet Club. However, he's got... jet black hair all of a sudden now. (laughs) And, uh, and is dressed... Just awfully, with awful facial hair, and it couldn't be more perfect. And on, I don't know how you feel about these beatdowns. I'm so my subjective point of view is I don't like these. I really, and specifically this one, I like the concept, but I felt like the execution wasn't great. 
And, like, I like that they talked about why they're able to lower the steel cage rather than just doing it. Like, every, mm-hmm. it's such a wrestling trope to do that. Like, bringing the ladders in the match or whatever for the money in the bank stuff. Like, it's such a wrestling trope. But I like that they they addressed it with, like, Tony Khan, I took your keys or whatever. However, I, I, it's almost like, remember when the Young Bucks were doing that stuff? They went to Kenny Omega's house or something and they, like, had to explain why there was the invisible camera there? Uh, Don Callis, there was a big painting of Kenny Omega. The Young Bucks were yeah, still facing. Yes. I got yes, you with the painting, all right? Yes, you got me with the painting. Oh, well, I don't know what that says about myself. <laughs> it was just, it was, to me, it was like, uh, it felt, it felt like that moment where it was almost like, I appreciate the fact that they're acknowledging it, but it still doesn't make up for like, you're still doing the trope. You know, you're right. still lowering the steel cage before the pay-per-view, whatever. And, uh, and the beatdown looked brutal, but I, I just, it's so unentertaining to me, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to watch that. I could just fast forward through it. It puts heel heat on, for sure. I want Kenny Omega to lose, and I don't really even care about Christian Cage winning. And you know I want the Young Bucks to lose. So, it, they're doing their job, without a doubt. But I'm just, subje- so objectively, A+, plus, well, A, maybe B+, because, again, I didn't love the execution of this. But subjectively, not for me. Um, so what did you think about the post-match beatdown? And post-match beatdown, then obviously we'll get into the card predictions. Yeah, no, I, again, agree with you on that, too. And I think with the beatdown, it just it didn't end. Like, we yeah. kind of, like, it just felt like it just kept going on and on. And then, like, I, it was to the point where, like, I, I was like, I got it. Like, you're we, bad we're not gonna, Yeah, yeah, like, I got it, you know, so... And, and like, but like with Brandon Cutler, for instance, with like the spray, like it's just kind of comical because like the cage isn't going to prevent the spray, right? Like it doesn't, like yeah. it's going to block the spray. So it's just kind of. Oh, I like, didn't even think the... about that. <laughs> so it's just like that. It that kind of defeats the purpose. Like it's not going to work. But I don't know. So that was just kind of funny to me. But yeah, like and just Kenny's appearance and just like you said with his hair. Like the second I saw like his black hair just. The whole look, it just, I, this isn't the Kenny Omega that I imagined, but, like, it kind of tickles me, kind of like a, and again, like, I don't know what's going on with me tonight, but, like, a, a a happy Corbin and, like, sad Corbin thing, like, it was something, like, I never imagined that I, like, I I needed, but, like, I I really enjoy it, you know what I mean? So, I'm really enjoying this Kenny Omega, and, like I mentioned, or and we talked about earlier, it's it's one of those things where like I, this isn't the match that I would have wanted for him to have at all out, and we'll probably get deeper into that later on. But I'm I'm just here for this kind of version of Kenny, and just kind of seeing where he, what he does with this kind of character. Yeah, no, absolutely. Baron Corbin is the greatest thing going on in WWE right now. We can throw yeah. that up. Sorry, Roman Reigns. Step aside. Yeah. Happy Corbin yes. is here. Happy Corbin with <laughs> his hat. I love it. <laughs> But no, I, I hear, I think, I think they're, I, I get, it's like, I, I have the critical mind and then I have the fan mind and the fan yeah. mind wants me to come on here and bash it because it's like, no, it shouldn't be happening. Right. But then the critical mind's like, oh, I'm supposed to feel like that. You know, this is good. I'm supposed to want to see these guys lose, you know, and that's exactly how I feel. And I don't want to turn my TV off when they're on. You know, most of the time, like I said, I don't love these post-match beatdown stuff. I think it's, I just think it's lazy sometimes. I think there's, you know. And it happens a lot, like too frequently. Three times on the show. Three yeah, times so, on the show. And just, and that's just this week, you know what I mean? So it's like just every week someone is, is just ambushing someone, you know. 
And I get it. And why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? It makes sense. Why wouldn't you? But I just, yeah. again, the steel cage thing was a little much for me. And Tony Khan, thanks for lunch or it's dinner or whatever. It was like, again, another mention. Like, I, I love Tony and I think it's great. But if he's going to be this off air authority figure, then he's got to be an off air authority figure. Stop mentioning exactly. it. Exactly. You know? So. Nonetheless, let's let's get into it because we got a lot to talk about with this prediction stuff, and I know I've already kept you for a while here. So we'll come back to the Kenny Omega thing, obviously, but let's start with the. Uh, I assume this is this is what I have the match card laid match card laid out like this, but I don't know if this is obviously going to be the order. Let's start with the women's casino battle royale. I have two questions for you. Well, three, I guess. One, are they going to change anything about this, or is it going to be the same old weird casino battle royale? Two. Who do you think the Joker is going to be? And then obviously three, who do you think is going to take it? Yeah, so I think it's just going to be the same version. I don't think any, no tweaks, no nothing. I think it's just going to be as as usual. But I think the Joker is going to be, I mean, it's probably not a surprise, obviously. But I think it's, I'm going with Ruby Soho. And I, I hope it is for her sake because I've always been a huge fan of, of Ruby Riot, And I just think that she could have just been so much more. And I think she deserves a chance just to shine. So, and I hope she gets the spotlight. So, I'm put, I'd put my money on her as the Joker. And of course, I, I think she'd win it and then go on to challenge Britt. Yeah, I would love to argue with you on the first one, but I have all the same things. I think it's going to be the same thing, which sucks because I really think they need to just just rip the idea off and just do it a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Keep the casino theme. I like the casino theme. Use the th- yeah. roulette wheel, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. But or has, just enter one at a time. It's just so hard to pay attention to what's going on in the ring. It, nobody really gets their spotlight there. But yes, I'm with you. I think Ruby Soho is clearly going to be the Joker, unless they do some kind of bait and switch thing. The only other thing I'll say is I could see be the Joker. And again, this is a f- f- way far out there, but it could happen. It could happen. I don't know if you saw Iconic has become Inspir... I I don't know how to do it. Inspirational with two eyes. I think they did Inspirational now. Uh, uh, Cassie Lee and... um, What's her name? Jessie McKay? No. What's her name? Jessie McKay? Oh, I I did get her. Okay, Jessie McKay and Cassie Lee. And Cassie Lee, yeah. I mean, obviously, Sean Spears is there, and so who knows, but I could see the Joker being the two of them. And I would pop probably bigger than I would for Ruby Soho. I'm not even going to lie. I think that would be, again, <laughs> the logistics, it's one person. How do they both win? I don't think they'd win, obviously, uh, with that being said. But I'm for that 100%. But I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Ruby Soho, and I think she's going to take it as well. Just to, just to throw a little little wild card out there, no pun intended. I, I imagine, I think, I, think, I think they'd get away with it. You know, such beloved... Uh, women's wrestlers, obviously, such beloved characters. I could see it. Oh, I I would love nothing more than to just see them both just, like, walk up on the stage and just hit that pose. Like, yes. it, just, it would just make me so happy. 100%. So, yeah, like, they, I, they could totally get away with something like that, for sure. And good for them for keeping the I.I. thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to miss the iconic thing, but it's all right. Um, I know. All right, the young, the my my the match I'm I'm most looking forward to of the night. Obviously, I want to hear yours too. So when we get to it, feel free. I, I think you mentioned it was this as well, though. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a steel cage for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Who do you think takes it? And do you have a dream spot? Could you? Are you? Are you gonna? Or is there gonna be like some incredible Canadian destroyer outside of the steel cage on the mat? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> 
And you know, that's what scares me the most. Because, like, their cage is really high. Like, just thinking that, obviously, the only other match, cage up, match that they had was the one with Cody and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. And re- just remembering Cody do that backflip, like, it was really high up there. So, with these guys, with the four involved, like, especially Phoenix and Nick in there, it's just kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so... It wouldn't surprise me, but Lord knows, like what they pull off. Um, I th- I think if they if they weren't going to like New York, for instance, if they didn't have these big shows coming up, I would say maybe Lucha Bros. And I would love for them to win, but I think the Young Bucks retain here. I think something happens. I think whether it's Brandon with a spray or someone still somehow interfering, I think something happens and Young Bucks retain, and then I think they move on to the New York show. But, yeah, so I'm going with Young Bucks here, but I'd love to see Lucha Bros win. Yeah, I think I, I love that cold spray thing. I didn't think about that. And I think that's probably what's going to happen or something along those lines. I'd like for them to be a little more creative than that. And I would really like for them to, like, keep the integrity and the sanctity of uh, Steel Cage because I don't think they did with the Blood and Guts match. I think that was yeah. a big misfire. Uh, all around, not just the production of the, the spot where Chris Jericho falling on the crash pad and all of that, but I think... um. Altogether, I just think the, uh, the, the them going outside of the... It just totally disregarded everything about the uh, the idea of blood and guts to me. But um, So, I hope that they keep this distraction free. I'd actually like to see if the Young Bucks won. I'd like to see it a clean finish. You know, when's the last time we saw that, really? And so, probably the, the, the Dark Order match with Hangman Page, you know, was the elite. Yeah. So, I, I think but, it is. And I hear you, and I think you're right, Ashley, and everything in my brain is telling me Young Bucks, but my heart, my heart is saying that the Lucha Bros win this because I need those stupid tag team titles to get off the Young Bucks already. I hate these guys. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, they're doing such a good job at what they're supposed to be doing. Um, however, I, you know, in my head, I'm like, I think someone, a team, a team with, I don't want to say more charisma because that's not what I mean, but just a team that, that, like, I feel like almost just a team that can can hold the weight that the Young Bucks have been able to with those titles. I just don't think Ray Phoenix and Penta necessarily have as much character yet. And that's not even the right word. I can't think of the right word because they definitely have character. Just They just don't have that presence yet on the show. Yeah, because they do once the bell rings. Yeah. But before and after is, I think, what they're kind of missing. Um, they got the Pentaces thing going. Alex Abrahentes still is is working sometimes, maybe not. But um, but you know what? My heart's telling me, and, and I and I would feel like I'd be going against everything I believe in if I didn't say I'm hoping for the Lucha Brothers to win. However, I usually get these wrong, so maybe I should just say the Young Bucks. But uh, anyways, John Moxley versus uh, Satoshi Kojima. I don't know how much you know about uh, Kojima. I I know little to none. I'm not going to pretend to know more than I do on this on this show. Uh, I, I we all wanted it to be Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, again, who I don't, also don't know enough about, but I I know of the legendary Hiroshi Tanahashi um, and uh, and what happened there. Obviously, with I think it was kind of politics where they said John Moxley needed to go over, so that's why they didn't want they didn't want Tanahashi to take a loss yet. So they're not going to do that match yet. Therefore, I'll take this one first, I guess. If I, I think John Moxley's going to go over because he was supposed to go over Hiroshi Tanahashi. <clears throat> I can't imagine him not going over Kojima. But what do you? I'm, I'm excited to see John Moxley beat the crap out of like a 60 year old man. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, no, me too. I, I'm right there with you on this one. I think John Mox is going to take this one as well. Um, I don't even think this is going to be like a long match. I think it'll be like maybe nine, ten minutes max. Um, and I think it'll be like just another progression for this kind of like more like sinister John Moxley and just this more maybe like kind of pissed off Moxley just like because the the presence of his his um promos up until like the hit, more recently talking about his match at All Out but he had mentioned you know like everyone wanting to come into AEW now and how he had been there since the beginning and all that good stuff so I think this may be just like playing the seeds for I don't want to say a heel turn but maybe just like a, a darker version of Mox or someone who's just like just kind of just pissed off and has like a specific vision in sight. So I think this may be the beginning of something. I yeah, I think it is going to lead to a heel turn, which is kind of sad and bittersweet, right? Because John yeah. Moxley, we all love John Moxley, but I think if anybody can do it, it's John Moxley. And he's got like this weird justified reason. This is the guy who carried us through a pandemic. And then now where, where's he been really, you know? Right. It's still main event matches on Rampage and stuff like that, but relegated to, like, a five-minute match because CM Punk is taking up 20 minutes. There's your, there's your like, starter there for that feud. So I'd love to see heel John Moxley. I'd love to see how he could do it. I, I believe he could pull it off. I really do. Um, I thought, oh, yeah. just had this thought, do you think this match opens the show because John Moxley comes out with Wild Thing? What, what match do you think is going to yeah. open the show? No, I think that's the exact reason because you, you could play that song and just get the crowd just going and start them off hot and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I think, I, again, I'm not a big New Japan person, obviously, and, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, I always say, know way more than I ever will. But I assume, too, maybe a lot of people in the Chicago, a lot of people in Chicago all out are probably also going to see CM Punk. I don't know how many of them know who uh, uh, Kojima is, so I think it might be, I don't want to say get it out of the way, but if you had, let's say, you had that tag team match in the steel cage and then you followed up with John Moxley versus Kojima, it's going to feel like a letdown. And you never want John Moxley to feel like a letdown. No, yeah, no. I, I think that's why you, you open with Mox. And I think this was a good match to have since we, you know, we couldn't have what we originally had hoped for. But I think that, like it, we had said that after this, just with Mox, I think this so I don't know I just I have a weird feeling this is gonna be like you said the start to the heel turn of, of Mox and I, I kind of can't believe that that's what we would be saying right now but I, of course I'm not saying that we're gonna get a full pledge or anything like that but just just maybe the seeds be planted more but I think it, it's gonna be a, a solid match and I think like like you mentioned before I think that the uh, uh, I think he is like 50 or 51 or something like that so mm-hmm. it's just amazing to think like just if you just compare it, not to, to harp on this, but just comparing the two companies, right? Like there would be like, you would never imagine like someone in their fifties or 51. So to be having this type of profile match with Mox and like in AEW, it's just like another thing, you know, it, it's not something that's harped on. So it's just, it's just awesome to see. Yeah. They definitely talked about it a little bit. I'm, I'm looking up the age as we speak now. Cause I should know that. Yeah. He's 50 years old. So 50, I mean, yeah. he's not up there at sting age, but he's there. I, I mean, I could even see John Moxley kind of, almost uncomfortably beating the crap out of this guy. We're like, yeah, we're like, yeah, John Moxley, kick the crap out of 50-year-old man. And then it's like, oh, okay, but don't kick the crap out of him that much. You know what I mean? And right. that could, again, plant the seed of a slow, slow heel turn. And I don't know I don't know who he turns on, really, to solidify it, but I think this could be the start of what seems like a slow burn. I mean, the guy just had a kid. Uh, again, is really been relegated to, to not in the main event picture anymore when he led us through this whole pandemic, which is just the ebb and flow of right wrestling. Obviously, pro wrestling, you can't always be on top like that, but it's always a great reason to, to turn heel. Absolutely. 
Uh, so obviously next, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, versus Chris Statlander for Britt Baker's AEW Women's Chi- uh, Championship. Yeah, it, I'm. It, I would be shocked if if she lost. I'd be pissed. So I'm, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm. I'm definitely going Britt Baker here. It's no question. And you know, I don't. Yeah, again, I don't mean that I'm a slight on Chris Statlander at all. I think Chris Statlander no, is yeah. like came back in a whole new form. Absolutely. Yeah, she's been she's been super fun to watch, incredible to watch. Really, I'd like to be able to see her more. That's an idea. Uh, I'd like to be able to see her more on Dynamite, and okay. uh, and obviously wrestling people like Penelope Ford, and 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 even Ty Conti. Like you can have a face versus face match on a just respect handshake in the uh, in the beginning of the match. So I want to see more of Chris Statlander. I hope they don't pull a Ty Conti and have her lose, and then we don't get to see her or Harshida also. I'd like her to continue to stay on my television and not just leading uh, Orange Cassidy out to the ring. So I think this is going to be a sleeper. I really do. I think these two women, I think this has potential to be better than the Sheeta match at Double or Nothing. Oh, I do too. I think this is really going to be good. And and, and just because like you were saying, I think Statlander, ever since she came back, she's been, just been like a completely different person in ring-wise. So I think this is going to be probably Britt's best match outside of that Thunder Rosa match. Yeah, they really dialed back on the on the supernaturally alien stuff, which again is cute yeah. and fun and get your gimmick, you know what I mean? But uh AEW is clear about the no supernatural stuff. Uh, remind me actually, I want to ask you one more thing when we end here uh, similar to that. But um but yeah, I, I and I think she's I, I, like again, I'm not going to take her as a serious contender, but I do take her seriously as a as a professional wrestler now. Same here. All right, so the match that everybody's waiting for, the match that everybody has been just, you know, clamoring to, to see, the 20-minute, you know, classic that we are going to get. No more BS. Paul White versus QG Marshall. <laughs> Give me your pick. <laughs> Imagine Chicago if QT Marshall wins. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm Just to be controversial here, I'm oh. picking QT Marshall because I think this gun club thing is not going to end. <laughs> and I think there's going to be some shenanigans. And you know what? Then they're going to have to put QT Marshall versus Paul White in the steel cage. Yeah. And we'll have it at the next pay-per-view. And we'll have a couple months leading up to it where we'll just get a nice 20-minute segment every Dynamite and Rampage until then. Well, we need someone to, to anchor the hours. So, I mean, exactly. that's why QT is there. So, there, you know, there's that. But, yeah, so, no, I'm... I think that, like we had mentioned earlier, like this is going to be like a. I think this is going to be a quick fifteen second match, big show. Or gosh, I can't. I don't know why I hadn't been doing it until today. But Paul White is going to get his revenge and get that knockout punch. Everyone's going to kind of be happy with it, and it just kind of be like in, in between, like maybe like a the Young Bucks match, and then like the next match after that type thing. Yeah, I, I I see that for sure. I'm hoping that's what it is, but I'm just going to be cynical here and and put QT Marshall over. Uh, because that seems to be what he's doing for himself. So, yeah. uh, Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Oh my gosh, I didn't mention the promo. Oh yeah, like Eddie Kingston. Yes, Eddie Kingston can talk fuck anybody. He could talk millennials into a bingo game. I don't know. Like he could talk anybody into. That's not an expression. I just came up with that. But he could talk anybody into that's anywhere. Good. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, but Miro. Miro with the line, the only, what do you say? The only person I lay down for is my wife in a hotel room after a victory. Uh Uh-huh. After a championship victory or something. A victory. I (laughs) love that. Yes. 
Uh, so good, but something about Eddie Kingston talking about how he's gonna see his God or whatever. I just, just these two guys, they don't need more than a minute to talk you into a match. I'm glad they didn't shove this down our throats. I think this was, of course, maybe I'd like a little bit more build to this. And where's Kingston in the rankings? But really, Miro just called him out, so I guess that's a that doesn't matter. I I hope this doesn't go over six, seven minutes. I really do. I, I want to see them go at it, but I, I kind of want to see Miro go over. As much as I love Eddie Kingston, I think Miro is so freaking entertaining that he needs to continue to have heat, and how much more heat can he get than, uh, than putting down one of the most beloved guys in Eddie Kingston? Yeah, I agree with you again. I think this one is, I think, like you said, I, I don't think it's going to go much longer than maybe six, seven, eight minutes tops. I think it's going to be like one of those hard hitting matches and the mirror is just going to hit him out of nowhere and then just, just be done. I think like you said, I was trying to remember the exact line, but Eddie had said something to the effect of that he was going to walk, you know, hold, you know, like take my hand, I'll guide you through hell. And then you can meet like your God or something to that effect. Yeah. It was just so beautifully said. I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> He's just, I don't know. If he just came up with the hit that on himself or, or what, but just like on the spot, but like, it's just amazing just seeing what these guys can do. Like, and, and that's, what's so frustrating. Cause like these guys, like these, these wrestlers are so talented. So if you just let them be like, they can come up with stuff like that. So Eddie, he makes you believe that he's going to win the match, even if you know, he has no chance or he's just not going to. Um, so yeah, I, I think this one is, is going to be a, a, a solid match, but I, I see mirror keeping it here moving on yeah i can see him putting in in the the game over submission obviously and just i don't yeah, i almost see eddie after. kingston not tapping out but then the referee of Edwards, whoever lifting the arm and then you know like he's not going to tap out but he's just not going to be able to compete anymore i think that's a good way to protect eddie which you know, like that's not a bad thing to do by the way again it's just so ingrained in our minds because you protect everybody that they're 50 50 like you can protect eddie in this but also make miro look like a monster um, so I'm excited for this match too, but like I said, I, I just, I think the downfall for it could be if it goes too long. Um, Same. however, if Eddie Kingston wins, I want him to lose the title right away to Malachi Black. Just throwing that one out there. Uh, cause again, you never want a babyface to be a champion too long unless they're John Moxley and incredible. So, uh, Chris Jericho, career, uh, versus MJF. What do you think? Yeah, this one I'm actually pretty torn on, and I'm kind of surprised. And again, that's that's kudos to them. Yeah. I think, and I think it's because of the whole, he's just going to be done with his AEW entering career, right? And it's not, he's going to be gone from AEW. Because I think that that's a big distinction, right? I think it's, excuse me, more believable that he could be done entering-wise, you know, they just made the big emphasis on his, oh my gosh, it was 30-year anniversary, right? 25, 30-year anniversary in yeah. ring career? Yeah. So he just played up that. Of course, everyone knows about his cruise and his his rock career and everything like that. So we all know Jericho is, is busy and has so many things that he's doing. And he's been doing this for 30-plus years. So it's not that hard to believe that he could be done. And again, like, what... I, part of me just thinks what better way like and like he said for him to go out than in the place that he debuted technically you know if you you know to the mainstream as he i think that's how he phrased it but 
to go out like that and then to to go out putting over MJF, which we know. Say what you want about Chris Jericho, but he he knows business when he when he sees it. So I think it would be a a pretty good story for him to go out in Chicago and have J- MJF just beat him zero to four and have that one opponent that Jericho just couldn't beat because he could always Jericho brags about everything, right? He's you know he beat the Rock of Stone Cold the same night. So he could just have that just – and he wouldn't be bragging. It would just be something that torments him for the rest of his career, and he wouldn't be, be able to wrestle. So I don't know. Long story short, it's it's tough, but I don't see this being the end for Jericho. I think we still have a long way to go, especially with everyone coming in. So I think Jericho's going to win here. But I wouldn't be shocked if he yeah. didn't. Yeah, I, I almost feel like I'd be shocked either way, which is like the fun – like you said, credit to both of them, obviously. And, and honestly – I think this has been really drawn out, and there's been a lot of great story beats for sure. But it, it's been it's been tough at points. It has been tough at points, and again, we've seen this match oh, before. Yeah. So I hope it doesn't go super long either. But at the same time, I almost do want it to go long because if it's the last time we see Chris Jericho, then yeah, like uh, I I I don't know how he does it. I don't know if it's I I doubt it's going to be another tap out. Maybe, but I just I can't. And then I can't picture him being pinned. But I I think. I think MJF's going to win. I think this is going to be the end of Jericho, but the thing that pulls me back to the other side is is I, I love Chris Jericho, and I actually think he's a really decent human. Like, I, I, I believe that. I think he's a really good guy. But his ego is huge. Yeah, just, he, the man loves himself, and good. If I was Chris Jericho, I'd love myself like that too, probably. If I wrote a song and people sang it every time I came to the ring, I'd probably drink it in too, man. Uh, so no... Well, he's accomplished so much, too, so how can he not? And he's so beloved, right? And we really so beloved. But I just, I don't see Chris Jericho. I assume Chris Jericho is going to put his career on the line again at some point if he won this. I just can't see him doing that in the main event slot with all of the stuff going on right now because that's my only other thought. I think it's just funny to me that Chris Jericho, it's almost like Chris Jericho's ego versus Chris Jericho's knowledge of the business like which is greater at this point you know yeah. is he gonna put over mjf like this or is he gonna want to continue to be chris jericho i just i can't see them running this back it's not like they're running this back for match quality you know what i mean so the only reason i could see them running this back again would be maybe star power for jericho but you've already got cm punk on the freaking pay-per-view i think mjf's gonna win and i think it's gonna be the end of jericho in ring in aew i don't think this is gonna be the last match he wrestles i'm sure he's gonna wrestle in new japan or somewhere else right uh because he made that very clear distinction and i think that's another great point however right and i could just i literally feel like i'm playing that game pong in my head but i could go back and forth about this because this is such a details company they could be saying that just to swerve me you know what i mean uh, yeah, and, and just to sort of me to be like, oh, but, but you're gonna think this, and now this is gonna, it's, it's just too much. MJF's gonna win. Chris Jericho's gonna be done. I think that's what I'm, I'm sticking with. Um, I like, I like that we've got a lot of opposing opinions here. Besides, uh, besides Britt Baker, of course. Um, so the all anticipated your favorite match of the night, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW Heavyweight yeah. Title. Uh, I'll take this one first. I, I, I hear what you've been saying. I, I can have a, obviously I, I keep, I felt like I kept putting this off. So I, I hear what you're saying about how they were building this feud and, and it, it doesn't feel like a big deal and all this other stuff. And, um, and you know, I agree with that. I, I, I don't think Christian is pay-per-view. 
I, I think this match should have happened on Dynamite, and I think it was planned to happen on Dynamite, and I think they called the Audible because Hangman Page obviously had a baby. Um, however, I think they had a little bit more time to plan for that, considering it does take nine months as far as I'm as far as I know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank but you. so it's almost like you want to make an excuse for them, but then you also don't. And this is the second pay per view in a row where the title is not going to be of, of maximum concern here. I, I think you just got to take a look at that after a while. You want this title has only been held by right Jericho, Moxley, Omega. It's yep. it's got a great lineage already. It is super prestigious already. Kenny Omega has been in prime form. He's been an absolute prick in the best way possible. Do you really is it Christian Cage is your challenger at all out? It just seems like oh, really and we all wanted it to be Page. So I think this result is clear. I think Kenny Omega wins. I think it's funny we've already seen the match and then they're not going to do a title for title match. But I get that. And the fact that they're not doing a title for title match makes me think that uh, Kenny Omega is going to win this without a doubt. Um, and I think he's going to hit the one-winged angel too. And, and it, maybe even on the chair somehow. Uh, like a throwback, obviously, to the to the rampage and the kill switch yeah. on the chair. So that's my thought here. I know I wanted <laughs> to be Hangman Page too, Ashley. I did. But I'm almost happy it's not because... Uh, CM Punk is doing his thing on this pay-per-view, and, and I think this arc of Hangman Page deserves all the spotlight in the world, so. I, no, and I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you bring that up, because my whole thing, of course, like, I'm super happy for Page, personally, you know, like, he's having, you know, his family's having a child, all that good stuff, like, that's not, that's not the point, like, my thing is, when you started the build for this, everyone already knew, like, his wife was, or his girlfriend, whoever, you know, his spouse is was pregnant. So it's like, if you knew, like, you already know she's pregnant, you already have the time frame pretty much laid out. You have an idea around the, you know, the time she's going to give birth. So if you know she's going to give birth around the time that you would want him to win the title, then why even go that route? Like... I don't know. It's just, and maybe they they did it. I mean, obviously, maybe they did it specifically us, for yeah, yeah. And I mean to, that heartbreak. Build... I haven't felt yeah. heartbreak like that since my high school sweetheart left for college. Ashley, like yeah. my, I literally felt my heart <laughs> sinking in my stomach. Yeah, no, I I understand completely. And like my thing is like maybe that was it. And it's just if that's it, then okay. But like, how this long are we gonna be heart? Yeah, yeah, like how long is the heartbreak gonna last? You know, and it's like you don't want to rush the man because you want him to be happy at home with his child. Like, so it's like a weird thing, you know. So, I don't know. Like, my part of me is just like, don't even tease us with the heartbreak. Like, we already were ready for it, and I just think that you didn't need to go that route. However many weeks ago it was now, but whatever. That that aside, I of course my official pick here is Kenny as well, and. It's not Christian. I'm a big Christian fan. I was probably more of a Christian fan when he was in TNA than anything else. Of course, besides, like, the whole, like, tag team days, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, Edge of Christian, Hardy Boys, and all that good stuff. But I was always a Christian fan. Like, there's even, <laughs> on, like, a random SmackDown episode, they there's, like, a, a they caught, like, a glimpse of me holding up a sign, and I was wearing a Christian shirt. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm a Christian fan, so it's nothing against him. But... I just, I, I, they ruined him from the, not when I say ruined him, that's a bit dramatic, but they, like, kind of set him up from failure from the beginning, right? Like, hyping him up as that big yeah, surprise. Yeah, like and then, fighting uphill. Right, and it's so unfair to him, and it, like, so again, it's something against him, like, specifically, but 
again, I just not what I thought title match it was going to be at all out, especially with with the significance of this pay per view itself. And it's just kind of even if you're going to go that route, regardless of who it is, have more significant like time invested in it on its show. Like I seriously thought it, the show was going to end without like any type of like real hype from Kenny. For, and it was the go-home show, so it was just, I understand we have Rampage now, so I don't know if they're maybe saving the bulk of it for them, but I don't know. So maybe, again, maybe I was just reading too much into that specifically, but again, I think Kenny is going to win here. Um, but really quick, too, I think it's it's kind of sad for Impact, though. If, if Kenny does win clean here, that Kenny beat their champion, didn't lose their heavyweight title to any of their wrestlers, they he lost it to Christian, and then now he's going to beat their champion clean on one of their biggest, if not their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And then what Christian just goes on to defend it against whomever. So it's just kind of like, again, like impact kind of gets like the short end of the stick here. So, and I, 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 not that I'm saying it should be any different, but it just kind of sucks for them in that aspect. But I guess if nothing else, if, if the main point is them just getting their name out there, then that's, that's what it is. But I don't know. It just kind of sucks for them. No, I hear that point. I think I think what's going to happen here is Kenny Omega's going to win, and we're not going to see Christian for a little while, which I think is the best thing possible. He's going to go do his impact thing for a while, and I think, um, and defend the title there, and, and, and I think Christian, you know, in his TNA run, he probably wants to go back and, and, and I don't want to say pay his dues, but like, you know, that's probably where he was his biggest star. Uh, obviously yeah. it wasn't WWE, so yeah, I think I think I could see that, and, and, and we'll miss him for a little while, and then maybe he'll come back, and, and not not to get a redo of it, but like, kind of a redo of it. And I'm not saying he has to challenge for the title. Maybe he goes for the TNT title later on, but I think it'll be nice to see him. I you know I've heard names like Moose or whatever is a big deal, obviously going on over there. Like go do a couple of those matches for a little while, a couple months, and then maybe he loses the title there. Maybe he takes a little break because the man is almost 50 and then he comes back and we get to see him in a couple other matches on AEW and, and then we got, like, we squeeze the juice out of Christian Cage. I think I think that's all we can kind of ask for here. And you know what? I think in hindsight we're going to look back on this match with a lot more, just a lot more love for it than we're probably looking at it now. And I think, one, yeah. because, you know, we forget sometimes it's hard not to take Christian Cage for granted. The guy can work. You know, especially at oh, the age he sure. is. And I know you're not sliding on Christian, and neither am I at all either, but I'm with you. I, I, this is not, this doesn't feel pay-per-view quality. However, I think they did their best to build it pay-per-view quality with Don Callis and the history with all of that that they did on Rampage. By the way, by the way, did you hear about the Gangrel thing? Um, no, I don't think so. Gangrel was supposed to be on Dynamite. I think, Rampage or Dynamite, but because the whole Edge thing at SummerSlam, they canceled Gangrel. What? Because Edge did, like, the whole uh, brew, like, entrance and, like, the the thing on SmackDown with yes, Edge? which I mean, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. You don't want to look like you're that people. But you know AEW. You probably have this plan for months. Oh, yeah, uh, that's but so But Gangrel sad. was going to make an appearance in AEW, and then they just had to cancel Gangrel. So I'm still, you that know, sucks. forget about the outcome to this match. When's Gangrel coming? Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Poor guy. No, that would have been an awesome visual, too, because, you know, they would have gone, like, all out for him. Like, they would have totally, like, just imagine that visual. Like, so, I mean, I'm sure they couldn't do, like, exactly, like, but, I mean, like, I don't, I don't even know, like, how. I don't know. You think they would have done, like, the whole entrance? Like, would it would have been, like, a match or something? 
I don't think there would have been a match, but I think they would have done something. I think Don Callis would have done some stupid stuff, but I, I definitely think, I think the trademark's got to be up on a lot of that stuff at this point. But uh, my fantasy booking now for this match, Ashley, is that Kenny Omega is going to win. Gangrel is going to screw Christian out of the championship. Uh, he's going <laughs> to hit the one-winged angel on the steel chair, and then at our next pay-per-view main event, screw CM Punk, screw Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, Kenny Omega, Darby. I don't want it. Gangrel versus Christian Cage. Well, there it is. We can just stop right there. There, I don't even know. That I feel like that, we need to talk about CM Punk versus Darby Allen, but uh, for, it's kind of irrelevant now. For the podcast listeners, we might as well. Seven yeah, they've years. They've made it this far. 2,000 some almost 3,000 days now. I think it was like 2,755 since he had been on TV. I, don't, I saw a sign. I didn't do that math. Uh, but now, uh, uh, <laughs> now that was quick. I know, right? Now, um, so seven years later, back in the ring, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I, I, I'm curious to see. Uh, this thing says with Sting. Clearly, they didn't watch uh, Dynamite because Sting made it very clear he wasn't going to be there. But, um,. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Right. But yeah, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I'm curious, obviously, who you think is going to win. And then, do you think CM Punk is going to be CM Punk? I feel like it should be obvious that CM Punk is going to win. But all I keep thinking about in the back of my mind is what CM Punk used to say about part-timers and like the rock and like all that. And I'm not calling him a part-timer at all right now, because obviously he's, he's, he stated that he's back full time. So that's, I'm not saying that that's what he would be now, but part of me wonders if he would think that like perception wise, that's what would come up because with his promos lately, he hasn't been the CM Punk that's come back. Like he didn't, come back specific i mean he i guess did call obviously call out darby allen right but it wasn't like i don't know it just wasn't with that fire it was like the he was like he has to see if he still has it and he's scared it's just not the the confident and like the cm punk that's 100 percent certain of himself and just not that edgy guy just it's the guy that's kind of like just the real like the real phil brooks just mm -hmm. like the guy who's like I don't really know if I still have it, and he's he is just truly back here to see if he can still hang. And if not, oh well, he's he's happy. Like he said, just coming out, having his music play, and just saying hey to the fans, and just talking for five to ten minutes. So with that, part of me is like, would he even? Not that not saying would he even care, but like, would he be more inclined to just be like, yeah, have Darby win this one? Because then the story could be like, oh well, damn, like does does he still have it? Like. He obviously lost his first match back. He can maybe even tie into his UFC. Like, man, like, he's on, like, what, like, a, a zero and three <laughs> record now since he, like, officially, like, stopped and, and left WWE. So, like, you could really play into that. And then whoever he's going up against next, whether he goes straight to, like, an MJF. If MJF does, you know, uh, in Jericho's career, then MJF is bragging. And then, you know, like, they can just kind of play punk into that. So part of me wonders that. So, again, like, I don't know. Maybe I feel like. Maybe I'm I'm kind of debating it too much, but I say all that, right? And then you would, I don't know, like, I don't even know, what, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to stick with CM Punk wins just because it's a feel-good moment. He's back, everything, you know, and, and Darby Allen can absorb the loss. And it's, it's not whether really Darby wins or loses. It's just that Darby's in the match with CM Punk and that respect on Darby's side, so... I'm going to play it safe here and say CM Punk wins and it just kind of goes that route. But 
I think they could really have like a full story if if they went with Darby winning though. No, you you make a great point, and and now I'm you did the, I'm doing the pong thing in my head where I'm like, okay, AEW's history with wrestlers in their hometowns is mm-hmm. that the hometown guy wins or gal wins, right? Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara, just to name some recent slants, Archer even beat John Moxley. That, that nobody called that. Um, so in the Texas te- Texas Death Match, obviously in Texas, so CM Punk you think should win in his hometown, however. AEW is the details company. Have they been swerving me this entire time? Have they been planning it out like that? Probably not, but I really wouldn't put it past them. You know what I mean? Like, they're really, to me, that detail-oriented where I think they think about these kind of things. Well, Um, and you said there's nothing more dangerous than than finding CM Punk in Chicago. So, like, that could be the whole thing, too. Like, Darby beat, like, CM Punk in Chicago where he's the most dangerous. Like, he said it himself, you know? Yeah, I hear you, and I and I hear the argument, I guess, about CM Punk and what he used to say about quote-unquote part-timers. I don't think he's going to be a part-timer either. I don't think he's going to have this super long career. I think we're going to get a year or two out of him, hopefully, and, and, and probably just that, but maybe three at most. But uh, I, I don't um, round out that perfect 50. That's why I'm doing that in my head. But um, I don't – I think CM Punk is going to win. I'm with you on that. I think the reasoning why is I don't think you're going to have a Darby Allen heel turn. I don't think that's the way to go. I think Darby is so over at keeping where he's at right now. And I think if Darby Allen won, if you heard the chance on Dynamite, they were, there were no Darby chance. It was all CM Punk chance. I think the crowd would turn on Darby Allen, at least in that stadium. And, and you don't want that. I mean, they, they didn't care about that for Red Velvet, but I think they'll care about that for their men talent, obviously. Uh, and so I think CM Punk's going to go over, and I think the justification in it could be that it's almost like he's going over in order to put somebody over even bigger later on. So similar to Chris Jericho, and I don't think this was Chris Jericho's plan. Maybe it was, but Chris Jericho made such a big name for himself in AEW, right? First ever AEW champion, all this stuff, all these victories, the inner circle, yada, yada, yada. If MJF beats him, think where that puts MJF. You know, versus if it was Chris Jericho's one match in AEW and just MJF beat him. To me, it's a little bit different. If you have CM Punk now, he beats Darby Allin. Maybe he beats Ricky Starks next. Maybe he goes with Brian Pillman Jr. on just a match on Dynamite if he's going to wrestle that regularly. And then maybe, uh, you know, a year later, six months down the line, MJF beats him. That puts MJF over even more than if uh, CM Punk lost his first match and kind of adds to the whole redemption thing. I think AEW has screwed up so many debuts here, and they've gotten this one right so far. And I think if having putting Darby Allen over CM Punk here, I, I never thought I'd say this. You have the younger guy lose like that, but I think it would be screwing up the debut. But I give all, AEW all the credit in the world, and and I give them all the trust in the world. Probably at some points where I shouldn't, you know, I've been burned before, but I really. They're good at what they do, man. They are good at what they do, and they have a long-term plan. I guarantee CM Punk already knows who he's facing next. I guarantee CM Punk knows who he's facing in a year, you know, if all things go well, because that seems to be the way AEW books, and I'm sure that's what Tony Khan pitched to him, too. So so I'm with you. I'm going CM Punk. And and my last question, I guess, for you in regards to the pay-per-view is, is, do you think this main event... Do you think this starts off? Do you think Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage main events? You said, you know, there's the possible teases of Brian Danielson debuting. Why would you have him debut? Would you have him debut after the championship match and then do the CM Punk match? How do you, how do you think they're going to line all this up? I would have thought that Punk 
maybe would have ended. But I think with there was I was trying to see where exactly it was, but Tony Khan had mentioned that the way that All Out was going to end, like everyone was going to be very happy. So as much as I hate to say it, because you're going to be at the show, I think Daniel Bryan or I gotta stop saying that Bryan Danielson does debut here, and I think it's going to be Kenny and Christian Cage in the like proper main event spot to end the show. And then you have either Kenny celebrating, you know, everyone's booing, all the good stuff, Don Callis is in the ring, they're celebrating. And then I think you're going to do like a lights out, lights on type thing or there's something to that effect. And then Brian is just going to be there. And I, as much as I don't want it to be, because I, I personally would love to see him debut in New York. Um, and of course, for, for your sake as well. Yes, of course. But I just have a, a weird feeling. Like we had mentioned before, I think it was maybe before we had started recording that just due to COVID and everything like that, that they may be concerned with having to rush it because they had released that, that statement as well. Like I'm pretty certain like in New, I don't know if it's like the whole state or just that area, like you have to show your vaccine vaccine card to go like pretty much anywhere, like any type of restaurant or anything. So yeah. I know it's getting pretty strict up, up in that area. So I think they may do that just to be safe. I hear you. I think that's, and I think, here's the thing, though, is I think that's what most people think is going to happen. And I think AEW was so good at this viral marketing campaign with CM Punk that I think they're, I think they're, you know how, like, we always used to say when CM Punk was tweeting or whatever, he knows what he's doing, right? I think yeah. the same thing about AEW. So, just, just a thought. I think, I also think Brian Danielson, it's tough for me too, I'm still learning how to do it. I feel like the more, I just need to say it three times in a row and I'll get the hang of it. But, um... Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson right. will, um, <laughs> will, is not the kind of guy who wants that spot. Brian Danielson is the guy who wanted to work Drew Gulak at an empty performance center. You know, I think Brian Danielson is the guy who wants to work Orange Cassidy in, a, in like a three minute, third hour match on Dynamite. Like Brian Danielson got his moment at WrestleMania. I don't, I think Brian Danielson just likes to wrestle, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think he I likes mean. all the flash of it. I, I really... So, with the tease we got this week, in a way, and we never got to hear... I love your shout with the Britt Baker Bay Bay thing. I think we're having Adam Cole debut on All Out. I don't think it's going to be Brian Danielson. I think it's going to be Adam hmm. Cole. Okay. I think we're saving Brian Dan And this is not just wishful thinking on my part, because I almost would... I would be fine with Adam Cole debuting in New York, too, but... Um, oh, yeah. But I think, uh, I think Adam Cole is a little bit more flashy... And I either think he comes out after the main event. I, I think that, yeah, I'm going to say Darby Allen. Uh, Steampunk beats Darby Allen. They have a loving little hug and handshake. One of those little bro hugs. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, where they like, they look like they're crying in the <laughs> ring. Yeah. And uh, and the cameras, cl uh, you know, pan or close in on both of them. And then you hear whatever. I don't even know what his music's called. Maybe you hear Bebe. Maybe whatever. You see Adam Cole flashed up on the thing. And he's standing at the top of the stage, and he does the Adam Cole Bebe thing, and the crowd does it with him, and then we go off the air with that. Because um, CM Punk versus Adam Cole, Darby Allen versus Adam Cole, he don't, they don't even need to go in that direction. Adam Cole can just go there and steal the spotlight from CM Punk, and imagine that. Oh, yeah. It's just, again, talk about just spoiled for choice right now. We really are, and, it, and the thing is, it's just going to get better, because then... Not to get off subject here, but then we still have like the possibility of like a Bray Wyatt debuting, and, and it just 
we're just so spoiled and and not even with any more debuts but with just what we currently have with AEW and just itself you know like we sit here and just just running down the whole show previously with dynamite like that's just one show and then that's not even like a third of the talent that they have so it's just kind of crazy to think about no absolutely and you you actually perfect transition so thank you for that ashley my last question for you anytime <laughs> was a lot of talk about bray wyatt Wyndham rotunda i'm just gonna call yes. him bray wyatt no, no, you know what? We'll call him Wyndham. We'll call him Wyndham on this show. I love that name. I do. That is something special. Rotunda. I like that too. Mr. Rotunda. Sir Rotunda. Um, Sir Wyndham. Sorry. Sir Wyndham Rotunda. <laughs> I think it's a great name. I'm not making fun of my I love that. Um, it is. someone named Mimi. All right. We can, we can, we can let it go here. But there's, there's a lot of talk, obviously. People, there's been reports that he signed with AEW. Then again, I don't, if I remember correctly, I feel like it was like Ringside News who reported that and that you don't really, whatever. If it's not coming from like Sean Rossap or, or you know, Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast lately, I just like, I, I, you know, I believe those ones. Obviously, Sean Rossap was the one who, who really let the CM Punk story out at first, I think. So, I don't, I guess my question, let me throw it to you first, is, is, can you see Sir Wyndham Rotunda in AEW? <laughs> I definitely could. Um, but I think, honestly, I may, before he even gets to AEW, I would kind of want to see him in Impact. I think he would have a lot more freedom and time to really develop a character. And, like, I would love to see what, like, Wyndham Rotunda, like, believes his character should be, Right. Like, to see how much of The Fiend and Bray Wyatt was really him and how much of it was, like, WWE's, like, idea for him. And just to see, like, where he, like, would really take it. Because I, I feel like he could be, like, the next Matt Hardy in the sense with, like, the whole, you know, deletion and, like, the um just everything like that. I think that he could really just, like, just really explore, like, the character itself and just really have more time to have more of, like, a theatric side because AEW is more known for its its in-ring competitor and, like, the, the eliteness, right? Like, all elite wrestling. Whereas Bray or Wyndham has always been more of, like, the theatrical side. So I think depending on what his character is going to be going forward, I think, like, that's a huge thing just to see, like, what he actually is going to be or if he is just going to be, like, pretty much like almost the exact same version if, if that's what it's going to be then maybe he can just go straight to AEW but I think that he could just get more time to just like really show off who he is at Impact just kind of like Matt Hardy did with the whole like ultimate deletion thing like back so I don't know I think personally like I would want to see him go to Impact for maybe just like a year just to kind of flesh that out and just really establish that because then of course like he I'm, I mean I say that but I'm pretty certain that Impact allows you to um, or maybe not, but I don't know how, like, their trademarks and, like, owning of, like, their characters works on, on that side. But if you could establish something there and then kind of just go to AEW after that, then maybe. But if not, of course, go straight to AEW. But he's got to end up somewhere. If if not, then it's just a, a shame. If, if But if not, like, I could honestly see him, and I'm really quick to wrap it up, I could honestly see him going straight to, like, movies. I think, like, he would have, like, a, a brilliant mind for, like, just like a screenwriter type or just like a director or something like that. Just, or just maybe like an actor of, of course is in and of itself. But I just think the dude is so creative. Like he just needs to be somewhere that he has just a platform to do whatever like is, is inside of his brain, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. No, you stole the words out of my mouth. I, I don't, I want to say, I don't think he would be a fit in AEW. However, 
it's so tough to judge with the WWE system because they're all told. Did you see that t- savage tweet by Tony Khan? By the way, I think I have it pinned on my on the tweeter. By the way, if you, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> he said something about how wrestling's an art. You can't teach all people to do it one way. Essentially, just like but way I'll have more. To go check it out. Yeah, it, it he really and it came after the uh, the Nick Khan interview, um, which was something else for sure. But that's again a whole nother podcast. But uh. I we just say that? Never end up doing the podcast. Anyways, um, right. <laughs> Wyndham Rotunda, I think it's hard to judge what kind of professional wrestler he is because he was in WWE and in that system. So who knows? Maybe Wyndham Rotunda's got an incredible Canadian destroyer that we've just never seen, you know, right. or whatever else. Maybe the man can do a moonsault or better than Kurt Angle. Yeah, exactly. Something. So, who knows? Maybe he could take Montez forward spot. Maybe he can jump to the heavens. We yeah. don't know. Right? Probably not. But, so, I hate to be like, you know, he's not all elite in the ring. Because we don't, you can't really judge that. But based off of what we've seen, I guess is the best way to put it. I agree with you 100%. I think Impact is the way to go. And I think Impact will shuffle boatloads of money to him because the man's got a yeah. cult following. I am not in that cult following. I am, ever since, the, no pun intended, I guess, and ever, ever since the cult character of Bray Wyatt finished and we got The Fiend, I've been uninterested. Uh, I just, I, The Fiend was never for me. Uh, to me, I don't, I, I did too much exposing the business, you know? Uh, I And I tried to justify it here and there, and then they had a Hell in a Cell match. So, I, I don't think he fits in AEW as The Fiend or as Bray Wyatt. I would love to see what Wyndham Rotunda's got in his back pocket. However, we haven't seen it, so why would Tony Khan sign somebody that he doesn't know, you know? With people who, who he, in the system, in the WWE system, that had to wrestle that way, you still got glimpses, or you saw him on the indies beforehand, or maybe they had to, I don't know. Like, even like an Aleister Black, now Malachi Black. You saw him in NXT, that was a little bit more freedom. So, I think Impact is the way to go. The only other shout I'll say is... I'd like to see him in New Japan. And again, as someone who's not super familiar yeah. with New Japan, I know they don't do the supernatural stuff. Um, but again, who knows what Wyndham Rotunda is capable of. I think Malachi Black is doing a great job of balancing... It's not supernatural, but it's got a horror theme to it. And I think it's... Because, you know, Tony Khan said no more supernatural stuff. Ever since the Broken Mad Hardy, he was sad he ever did the teleportation thing. Like, they didn't. they never want to do something like that again. I, I, oh, but that's I, what Tony Khan said. Yeah, I, I don't remember oh, where I read yeah. that, but yeah, no, they're not. They're not about the supernatural stuff. Um, and yeah, and they and got that, the, you know, the Dark Order stuff in the beginning, which wasn't supernatural, but it bordered on the line, and and they're not about it. They're they're into the pro wrestling thing, and I think it's good to stick with that because it's such a great simulated sport. So I think if Wyndham Rotunda goes to a New Japan and we see this man can do a four fifty like nobody else, right? I think he's got a chance to come to AEW. I don't think he's right for the company now. But at the same time, like I said, the guy's got a cult following. Why wouldn't you sign him? He's going to bring eyeballs. You and know, he's going to bring yeah. He's gonna bring the eyeballs of the people on Twitter who trash AEW just because they've never watched it before and watch a WWE every week. You know? Like, he's going to bring the WWE loyalists to AEW if they sign him. But I just, I, it doesn't work for me. From what I've seen. But again, like yeah. I said, I'm I'm here to watch Wyndham Rotunda hit the 450. Me too. It, it has to happen now. Yeah, now I'm really excited. We're about gonna it. manifest that. 
I set the bar high. You did. Well, um, if he does come to AEW, the dream match is obviously already there. Uh, Sir Wyndham Rotunda versus QT Marshall, six minutes, diamond cutter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's where we'll end it here. <laughs> I just, I don't, yeah, I, you got me. I kept you for like three hours, so thank you as always. I yes. promise it won't always be that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was wonderful. Thank you. It was funny because I was actually thinking like I was interested to see like how you felt of today's show and just like leading into the show going forward. So it's actually worked out great. Oh, perfect! Congratulations again on the move. That's awesome. Thank you, and congrats to you in. with everything. You know, I, yeah, we're, yeah, we're 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 making moves. You and I, apparently. yes. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be talking during the pay-per-view for sure. For sure. All right, thanks, Ashley. I will owe you... Oh, you want to give them your, your, the tweeter and everything. How could I forget about the tweeter? Oh, yes, the tweeter. <laughs> it's at A-S-H-M-A-N-N-S. Almost forgot it. Yeah, go, go follow Ashley if you don't. You probably do if you're listening to the show, honestly. I, I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't, do it. Just Not, might as well. Yeah, you might... I mean, what what what, what could go wrong? Right. And if I annoy you, then just unfollow me. I, it's fine. Or, you well, know, just just mute her. But can you mute someone <laughs> and follow them at the same time? I, you know, I, you would think I would know at this point, but I do the bare minimum on Twitter, to I'll be honest you, with I'll you. Mute you. I tweet, this. but... Okay. You know. <laughs> we'll see how it works. <laughs> All right, Ashley. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Mimi Burris if you want. Um, if you don't know how to spell it, I believe in you. Go to Ashley's followings and then find me. <laughs> You'll find me. Yes, you'll find Mimi. All right. Thanks, as always, Ashley. And we'll have to have you on ASAP. For sure. I appreciate it. Have a great night. You too. Bye.